I've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? We kicked its ass. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bledsoe. And this week, we are talking about one of the biggest movies of all time, a little movie called Titanic. To help me talk about it, I'm joined by two gentlemen who I know would stand with me and keep playing their instruments, even as the ship's going down around us. Uh, first up is Hayden Gilbert. Hayden, how you doing? Any room for a gentleman, uh, gentleman? <laughs> Always, always room for more gentlemen. That sounds like weird. I, Matt, I am dressed yeah. to my best and prepared to go down as a gentleman, but I would like a brandy. Well, we've got plenty. Uh, better drink it all before <laughs> the ship goes down. Um, and next up, we've got Mark Warner. Mark, how are you doing? Hey, Matt, I'm doing great. That was a beautiful introduction. Thank you. Mark, that's not a quote from Titanic. <laughs> what are you doing, listen, Mark? We, listen. <laughs> We've got a long time of quoting Titanic ahead of us. Okay. I'm giving the people some time. Okay. Oh, I can't wait for all these obscure Titanic quotes I haven't even thought of. That you guys and yet you still up. had time to remove your jacket and shoes. <laughs> oh, it's going to be it's going to be three hours of uh, nothing but all the quotes of Titanic. Every... I'm probably misquoted. I, I don't think I remember them as well as I thought. Yeah, we might misquote it and then we'll remember the right quote and then we'll be like, listen, we have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to start the podcast over. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we're talking about Titanic. It's been we're, it's been too long since you guys have been here, but I know everyone's very busy. Busy it's lives. Been 84 years. <laughs> there you go. I set you up for that one. Um, that was easy. Uh, yeah, no, it was. We did in December. I think it came out in January, the best of 2022 episode that I think we famously at oh. the end were like, we got to get through these. Bits. Yeah, damn. The <laughs> last time I have not even properly said I'm sorry and admitted I'm wrong that your favorite movie last year was indeed. The best movie of 2022, Matt. Congratulations. Wait a minute. It's not April Fool's Day, is it? (laughs) No, that was yesterday. But (laughs) it did, in fact, win best movie of the year. I mean, it's, you know, the Oscars are the be all end all. It's it's it is. It is like (laughs) factually, it is the best movie of 2022. So (laughs) I have to apologize. I'm sorry. It also featured undoubtedly the best supporting actress uh, uh performance of the year okay now that one i'm sour about because that's not even the best supporting actress no, performance no, in that no, movie no 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 no, 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 no. it's not no it it was though deidre bodidra <laughs> was in fact the greatest uh supporting uh actor 
character of, of last year. It was great performance, great performance. You know what, though? In all seriousness, uh, Michelle Yeoh, who starred in Tomorrow Never Dies, which opened the exact same day as the movie we're talking about today, won oh. Best Actress. So good for her. I don't know what Michelle Yeoh. I, I don't <laughs> know where I was going with that. I mean, I she was, was great. It was the best performance last year. A, a female uh, actress performance. <laughs> I forgot Hayden takes the Oscars as gospel. There is that, no yeah, yeah. listen. Once yeah. they say it, it's over. Uh, no, I, it's over. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Debate is closed. I did not know Tomorrow Never Dies opened the same day as Titanic. That is kind of crazy. Mark must have been on cloud nine that week. <laughs> uh, let's just say those movies were uh, those movies are pretty cool, baby. <laughs> But I mean, when when I was seven, Tomorrow Never Dies was like the epitome of pretty cool baby. So that is a pretty cool baby movie. I mean, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, But for real, though, like it has been a while since we've been on. I did not realize it had been since December. It's been a very long time. I know, but you both are very busy. It's hard to get us all together, but uh, we're back. You have happy we're able to work it out. Live again. You can. Hell yeah. Uh, and then we have an episode already planned for the summer, so we're already already planning ahead. Oh yeah, <laughs> which I hope is a good movie because we're really taking a chance on that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Titanic, which I think we did, we kick this one around for a while. Did I throw this out out of nowhere? I can't remember if this went down. You so, like, proposed it to Mark, and I invited myself on. <laughs> hmm. This is correct. <laughs> yes, but I. I didn't realize for some reason how big a Titanic fan you were, which was foolish of me. But uh, I mean, any chance to get the two of you together on a podcast is uh, is exciting. So I'm glad you both are here because I also Very I guess they're also re-releasing this in theaters. Has it already happened? I missed that. Yes, they released it <laughs> yeah. for Valentine's Day. Oh, well, I'm way late. <laughs> I completely missed the boat on that one. Um, <laughs> oh, missed the boat. Oh, I, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of expecting oh. you to plan this episode for somewhat close to the re-release and then you just never got back to us missed the boat uh (laughs) sorry i got overwhelmed um i but maybe now that we're doing this james cameron will announce that titanic 4k i said that really weird i feel like titanic 4k coming out very fancy and maybe a true lies maybe an abyss on the 4k i don't know you think so i we're this will be a week i think in the week i'm gonna call right now the week between now we're recording this and when stuff comes out they're going to announce 4Ks. I thought they were announced. I don't think they've ever been I, like I can't Wait, officially, uh, Matt, officially. I th- I'm sorry, Matt. I thought you were doing a bit. Uh John no, Landau, the producer of Titanic and Avatar has come out and said we will have all of those movies as well as the first Avatar on 4K by the end of the year. I did not know that. <laughs> I really did not. I'm not doing a bit. I didn't. Okay, so <laughs> That's why we were holding our tongue. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys letting me not being like, Matt, you're an idiot. It already has been. But now, OK, he said that. Now, I'm, I'm still talking about having like an official like the studio puts out like a, a press release and says, this is the date you're getting them. Here's what they look like. That hasn't happened, right? No, that, that Dawn of the true. Discs has happened. not posted little pictures. <laughs> of... Once I hear it's like the Oscars. Once Dawn of the Discs says it, it's it's official. It's yes. done. It's like, yes. uh so anyway except I was when it comes to nightmare on elm street oh, oh yeah, yeah. Ooh. that was a lie <laughs> that 
that one that one stings baby uh so anyway i'm i'm not an idiot i promise i just didn't know that was happening so there's a um, lot of information about a lot of things out there matt it's okay that is it's okay. a very true statement there's a lot of information about a lot of things who can keep yeah. up yeah i have a bad memory too so i feel oh, like same I know you. I know you get it. Mark has like a memory, like a steel trap, and I feel like I'm like, what did I do for lunch yesterday? <laughs> I'm like, what was that? Um, it works on certain things. Things I actually need to remember, though, it doesn't work that well. <laughs> Just random movie knowledge and trivia. Yeah, and... <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we should talk about stuff we've seen lately before we get in Titanic. You know, mm. I feel like we both all agreed none of us really had that much to talk about, but we can try. Um, we get through pretty quickly. All right. Mark, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. I'll talk about a movie actually a couple weeks old, but I have deemed it my favorite movie of the year so far. And when you say that in April, that might as well mean it's your favorite movie of the year. Last year, a <laughs> like, minute for me. <laughs> ex- expect this to show up on the top 10 in the end of the year. Oh. Especially if I uh, keep going, my rate of going to the movies stays the same. Well, well, well. Anyway, uh, I'm talking about Missing, the uh, oh, new, yeah, yeah. not really new, it's like four months old at this point, <laughs> but the spiritual sequel to Searching from 2018. Not the same director, but same creative team. He produced it and the editors of Searching uh, went on to direct this one. And... Mm-hmm. It is, it is just a dynamite thriller. If you're just looking for, is it a, a Cracker Jack motion picture? It is a motion picture of the Cracker Jack variety, the crack, <laughs> the the Cracker Jackiest. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, this is kind of my go-to thing. I'm saying about the movie. I saw it in like two months after it opened. Uh, like 9.45 p.m. show on a Sunday. Maybe five people in the theater. And they were all losing their minds at every twist and turn that that movie threw our way. And this was the same opening weekend as Scream 6, which I saw in a packed theater on opening night. And everyone there was like, "Mm, that was pretty good. But it was a relatively (laughs) sedate audience, so... I think that speaks to the power that a very well-crafted thriller can have on an audience. For anyone who doesn't know, it stars Storm Reed of, uh, what's that HBO show? Euphoria fame, apparently. Oh, I don't watch it, but that's what she's most well-known for, I a think. A show that's corrupting the youth of America. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's all told through, the, I mean, it's it's basically like searching. It's all told through the perspective of screens, laptops, cell phones, the internet. Uh, whereas searching was about a man doesn't really, uh, is not that familiar with technology, having to use it to find his missing daughter. Missing's about a girl who lives in this like technology-centric environment, using it to try and find her missing mother, who went on vacation with her new boyfriend. She was supposed to pick them up at the airport, and they never showed up. And it's just her using all this technology she has access to to try and solve the mystery. And I was, I, I like, I like these movies. You know, I like these laptop-centric movies like Unfriended and The Den, and uh, I yeah, Searching. Uh, and I think Missing is 
Missing could be my favorite of the bunch. I really had a blast with it. It's got hmm. a... Wow. Uh, yeah, Storm Reed is great. Uh, Nia Long, who plays her mother, is really good. It's got Joaquim de Almeida, character actor extraordinaire yes, from Desperado yeah. and Fast Five and Clear and Present Danger, playing a... He's like a... I forget where they go, where um she's looking for her mother. I think it's Brazil. He plays like a Brazilian Uber driver, kind of a... For hire guy, you you log on to one of these apps and you hire him to do something. And he just plays this for hire guy who's kind of helping her find her mother. And he is incredible. He kind of gets like a subplot along the lines of the South Bend Shovel Slayer from Home Alone. <laughs> like, it's kind of incredible what the, the emotions that this movie is able to dig up. I... That's all I'm going to say about it. I thought it's a great time. It's now available for rent digitally. I think it just came to Blu-ray. Mark Warner says, check it out. (laughs) Let that be a new segment on the show. Mark Warner says, check it out. Better or worse than Cocaine Bear? Oh, I think it's safe to say it's better. (laughs) Oh, well. I don't know why Hayden's setting me up for that. Like, I don't like Cocaine Bear. I I, I don't know. I no, while you were speaking, I was like, I f- it's weird. I feel like it's still the beginning of the year. For some reason, I'm like, it's still February, right? Right. But it's <laughs> April. And yeah. I feel like last year, I already had a few movies that I was like, oh, pretty comfortable with this being on my top 10. Pretty comfortable with this one being my number one, uh, no matter what. And then like, but this year, I was, while you were talking, I was like, I feel like I've heard more about these little movies like Skinamarink and The Outwaters and uh, Missing more than I've heard of big movies. But then I was like, oh, wait, Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear is like the one movie I've heard everyone talk about this year, Uh, at least (laughs) leading up to it. Once it came out, I heard no one talk about it, but I, like I don't it, know. And yeah. that's definitely my own bubble that I live in. Right. Because mm-hmm. regular people are not talking about the outwaters. Right. You know, no, I don't think so. <laughs> what is the outwaters again? It's that found footage movie that everybody's like, holy shit. But so much like Skin and Marink, I've heard people heard will watch the outwaters it. and be, it seems like people either love the outwaters or they hate the outwaters. Like, yes, the same thing. Yes, same thing like as people, Skin and Marink. There's no middle ground. It's like a one star or a five star <laughs> movie to people. I, which is kind of like, oh, I don't know. But uh, I still haven't seen either one. But uh, yeah, I, I still well, haven't hey, fired up the wait. old Stink and Marink yet. <laughs> Guess what, guys? There is plenty of room for middle ground with missing. Because it is not an experimental movie in any way. I mean, aside from the use of laptop, laptop, but who are we kidding? Literally, countless movies have been made with that format. They even did a Modern Family episode in that format. And I've been talking about uh, missing way longer than I wanted to. But I mean, it is, I I honestly, I could see it showing up. If not on my top 10, then as an honorable mention, because I really had a blast watching it. Watch it with your mom. It's a great mom movie. <laughs> it's almost Mother's really? Day coming up. Yeah, I'll have to. Uh, I for, kind of forgot about it. I feel bad because it, I liked searching a lot. And I was like, oh, another movie like searching. Cool. And then kind of forgot. But now that you're telling me it's on Blu-ray and it's you can rent it easily. I probably check it out soon. So I, I, I haven't seen. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I cut you off. I, I was going to say, like, I, it's funny because it's April. And I feel like I by this time last year, I do you feel like I had more stuff on my top 10 possibilities? I feel like I don't have much of 
anything. It's that couple movies where I'm like, those are really great. But by this know. point last year, I had already seen Cyrano and Death on the Nile, which I was like immediately <laughs> like, these shits are my shits. For the longest time, Death on the Nile was my number two until well, we all know how that played yeah. out. But... <laughs> Cyrano, no matter what. We, it's, yeah, Cyrano, yeah. it's one of the great film piece moments of all time, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I think I've seen exactly 10 movies this year. And I've seen a bunch I, of I've a slop on Netflix. <laughs> and I've liked the, I think the lowest I'd given one of them is a three. So I think I've enjoyed everything I've seen. But yeah, uh, my number, what if I just didn't watch anything else this year and this list <laughs> of 10 movies I saw was my top 10? Oh. oh, I take it back. I take it back. We have a ghost is my number one of the year. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm kidding. All right. Let oh, me boy. You know, let me let me blast through these next two because I we we just drag things out into bits and we let the yeah. bits carry on into other bits. We can't we can't let the bits take us away from Titanic. What I let me tell you something. Here's what else I watched. <laughs> I went to see something. a movie. Yeah. I went to see a movie <laughs> called Malum that oh. opened this week. I feel like I should talk about this one because it really got little to no exposure. I would not have heard about it if it weren't for a screen drafts episode. And it's from Anthony de Blasi. It's it's a bigger budget remake of his uh, last shift from well, before uh, you get into it. Before you get into it. What... God damn it. <laughs> no, this is what? not a tangent. This is about the movie The when the trailer dropped it. I was so confused because I was like, it said from the director of The Last Shift. And I was like, hmm, okay. I remember not really liking that movie, but I remember that movie. And then it the trailer show the, the trailer played, and I was like, it just looks exactly like The Last Shift. I was not aware that it was basically a remake of another feature <laughs> film he had already done. Mm-hmm. It's so that is that not weird? To, <laughs> is that not weird, weird to anyone? It's a little else? weird. It's not that it old looks a movie. Way, it looks way better than the last shift. I'll give it that. But like, it's so strange to me that the guy remake instead of like a making a short film and remaking the short film into a feature, like a lot of people do, he did that. But his short film was like a feature film that a lot of people talked about years ago. I believe he just wanted to have a version of the movie that did not have a giant reflection of the boom up in the middle of one <laughs> shot. Because that's the main thing I remember about Last Shift. Well, you know, James Cameron went back and fixed the stars in the sky for Neil deGrasse Tyson. And this guy went back and fixed uh, the boom mic thing for you. Well, he did it. He couldn't do it the James Cameron way. He had to do it the Anthony de Blasi way. Which he had is to remake the entire remake the whole movie. movie. <laughs> All right. I actually really Let's, liked Last me... Shift. I, I I thought it was a good low budget. It was creepy, I thought. It was an effective, creepy little low budget horror movie. And You're not was... alone. A lot of people liked it. I just don't like movies where it's like everything's kind of like a dream sequence and then like nothing really happens till the last five minutes and then it's like, oh, she was crazy. I, I I hate those movies. I will. Yeah, I, I want to like rewatch. <laughs> I want to rewatch Last Shift because this kind of recontextualized the ending. I don't want to give anything away for either one of these movies because I don't know how many people have even seen Last Shift. Like, might be big in horror circles, but even in horror circles, I still feel like there are a lot of people who haven't seen it. But anyway, kind of recontextualize the ending. I want to give it another shot. Cause yeah, I was I 
enjoyed Last Shift. I really liked the setting and the atmosphere. Was not a fan of the ending. And I was worried the whole time that this would have the same ending. And it kind of does. But... All right, look, just the briefest of spoilers. It Last Shift kind of hints that the protagonist is crazy the whole time. Malum you get the sense that the supernatural occurrences might actually be real, like which that. makes it feel like less of a cheat to me. Yeah. Again, I want to say as little as possible. I already feel like I'm giving too much away. That poster is scary. It's a great <laughs> poster. Yeah. And to let, for anyone who doesn't know Malum or Last Shift, they're both about a woman, a female cop working an overnight shift, one of the last shifts, if not the last shift, doesn't feel like the very last shift so kind of a misleading <laughs> title if you ask me in a clo- in a police station that's closing down and uh in the background there is a uh event surrounding a cult that occurred at this police station and supernatural phenomena uh start making uh, their presence known to this cop working by herself and that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, if I heard that premise, I would. I'd be there in a heartbeat. And that's kind of why I was at Malum because even though I wasn't fond of Last Shift, I loved that premise, and I wanted to see if he could uh, do something better with it, and he really did. It's great, great atmosphere. moves re- It moves really quickly. It's got an amazing score that kind of just propels you through the whole thing. Good performance. Yeah, I I really liked Malum. Darth Malum. Now, what is a Malum? Why is it called Malum? Malum is the last Demon? name of the leader of the cult that oh. the movie kind of centers. Weird around. title. I agree, but it's it's kind of <laughs> memorable. Like it has a ring to it. I would disagree because I can never remember what it's called. <laughs> I was like Ma- Malin, Malik, Malin, Marlin. You're too busy thinking of it as the last shift remake. Yes, you're right. You're right. Also, I, this movie has had zero promotion because when you brought it up, Mark, the only reason I heard of it, I was like, oh, this must have gone straight to Shudder or streaming. It's in theaters. I've seen no posters. Not in my I've seen theater. no trailers. I've seen no YouTube ad. I've seen nothing. Like, I just absolutely nothing. It's got a limited release, right? It got a it got a surprisingly large push. Like, I've never heard of the distributor before. But apparently they have enough money to give it a decent push around the country because, yeah, like, uh, it's not just, you know, specialty art house theaters like Cinemarks, AMCs, like all kinds of theaters are showing it. My Cinemark is just showing five Bollywood movies. Dan needs to come here. (laughs) Dan needs to come visit uh, Beaumont. He'd be in hog heaven. Uh... All right, I'll, I'll one more movie. I'll talk okay. one more, third one. I'll blast through this one because this is an older movie. But watched it yesterday morning before I went to work, and I really haven't been able to stop talking about it. Uh, that's uh, Coma from 1978, directed, written and directed by Michael Crichton, based on the novel by Robin Cook. You guys remember the phenomenon of the major book being adapted into a Hollywood film? I miss it. That used yeah. to happen so much. Nowadays, we just get where the crawdads sing. Well, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it's like every now and then we get a girl on the train or a gone girl or something like that. But it's, it's always like those little thrillers. It's never like any other kind of book, I feel like. Yeah. 
Exactly. Now, uh, my knowledge is limited, but to my knowledge, uh, Coma by Robin Cook was like one of those smash hit books in yes. the uh, 70s. Yes. And so the adaptation was a big deal. And like big Hollywood stars at the time, Jean-Vive Bujold and Michael Douglas headlining this thing. And I've never read the book, but I decided to check it out because I've, I mean, I've always been a Crichton fanboy. Uh, and I've always Wearing wanted to check this out. Oh my God, I am, aren't I? That was unintentional. <laughs> Mark's I wearing have, a Congo shirt. I'm wearing uh, an airframe shirt, damn it. I'm wearing a Jurassic Park shirt. For anyone out there who remembers the book Airframe, hit me up on Twitter and tell me if I should read it. Uh, <laughs> so, Coma. It is, uh, it's about a uh, doctor played by Genevieve Bujold, who's friend uh go friend goes in for an abortion and the she ends up not waking up there's an issue with the anesthesia and then she our protagonist starts noticing that this is a uh, not in not a completely uncommon occurrence they've had multiple patients uh going into comas from the anesthesia and she starts digging around and finding some things that she should maybe not be finding out and maybe some sinister forces uh, start coming after her. It is real. I was not expecting something in the vein of like Three Days of the Condor, one of those great 70s con a paranoid conspiracy thrillers. But that's really what it is. Except instead of the government, it's uh, big medicine. The government. Uh, oh, Bernie Sanders would love this movie. So wait, uh, did <laughs> so how does Crichton compare to another novelist turned... Uh, director William Peter Blatty. Uh, I I have only seen one William Peter Blatty film, but I like I only it did better. Two, so I think you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do want to watch the Ninth Configuration. I hear great things, but I love Exorcist Three way more than I love. Why well, not way more? But I like it a lot more than uh, what uh, Looker and Coma, which are the two Crichton films I've seen. Crichton has chops though. He's got chops. He knows how to put the pieces together. I want some pork chops. <laughs> I recommend Looker too. That's oh. a good uh, little like beta version of They Live. And obviously, I'm, rec <laughs> I'm recommending Coma because I'm talking about it. Also, interesting little touch. It's got a female protagonist, and you don't really see that in these kinds of films, even in hmm. some of the most progressive thrillers of this era it's still a male lead with a very supportive female and they're like don't worry we're giving you a bigger role than we've given women in the past but not really but like this women. one it's all I mean, it is all uh, she is the protagonist and even though it ends up kind of devolving into uh oh the man kind of has to save her at the end it's a fascinating uh fascinating element to uh, additional element to this movie i love coma all right, I have gone on a lot longer than I wanted to. That's all I'm going to talk Fine. about. I was looking up Coma because I've heard of this. It's on my watch list. So at some point, I heard about Coma before, uh, before um, you brought it up. So uh, Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery also covered it on the Video Archives podcast, and they did a great job. I'd actually recommend giving that a listen to. I think I always got it confused with Andromeda Strain because of the Michael Crichton connection. I always thought they Coma are... was like another big science fiction, like, 
story like that or something. Oh, no. Nothing could be further from the truth. Well. (laughs) (laughs) The end. I just put the end theme song right there. Well. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Come on, baby. Uh, no, that does sound good. Those all sound interesting, Mark, yeah. one way or the other. So, good job. I had I had better stuff to talk about than I thought I was gonna. I thought I'd have yeah. to dig up and like, yeah, I rewatched Pulp Fiction. Good movie. I mean, yeah, <laughs> good movie, baby. Take uh, word for it. Oh. <laughs> uh, hey, did you just want me to pick something off your list? To talk yeah, about? just that... pick something. I'll I'll say something real quick about John Wick Four. Saw oh, okay. John Wick Four. I know you just did an episode on it. It will be out by the time this episode. Uh, yeah, comes you guys out. haven't heard it, but it'll be out. Yeah, tomorrow on when we're recording this, it'll be out. I saw your rating. You liked it. Yep. Liked it I bumped it up from uh, four and a half to five stars to people last week heard the John Wick five. Oh my god! Listen, yeah, this is a big okay, deal. You're gonna have to defend something in a little bit. Remind, <laughs> remind me. Okay, okay, all right. Uh, John Wick four. I really liked it. It's awesome. It's really cool. Got a lot of great uh, uh, action set pieces in it. <clears throat> it's way too long. Way too long. But I didn't feel it like I felt it in John Wick 3. And I like John Wick 3. Awesome movie. Really cool. Great action set pieces. Uh, but neither one of them are as good as John Wick 2 to me, which is awesome. Really cool. Great action, great action set pieces. My point of doing this over and over (laughs) again is to say these movies are very good. I like them a lot. A whole lot. I hope this is the end. Please let Chad remake Highlander already. Please, for the love of God, let him do something other than a John Wick style movie. Which apparently he does not want to do anymore. I'm with you on both the last things you just said. Like, I want this to be the last one. Uh, I don't think they top themselves, and I want him to make Highlander. We did that Highlander episode like last summer. Is he not doing Highlander anymore? I think it is happening. It's just, he has a lot of he. We talked about it on the episode. He has so many projects that are his name is attached. Mm-hmm. We don't really know which way he's going. It seems like he's actually doing um, a movie based on this video game called Ghost of Tsushima next. Okay, it's like a samurai thing that. Uh, That's another it's... sword thing. Just do Highlander instead. <laughs> I know Highlander may come after that i don't know what he's he's got so many things in the the fire right now i it's know like, and every week i see like a new spinoff of john wick announced i'm like please chad stay away from stay away from it chad. I, I think i read someone else he, he wants to be done with john wick movies now and i don't blame him i mean he's done everything that's when i watched five i was exhausted in a four? good way i oh four yeah <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm jumping ahead there's a lot of them okay listen i watched a john wick five that you guys haven't seen yet uh no when i watched four i was like they can't top this some of the best action i've ever seen in my life i there's a sequence in there it's like a a shot top down sequence he's going through an apartment with like a fire breathing shotgun pulls a malignant slash hotline miami yes (laughs) exactly yeah yeah i I felt like i my spirit had left my body when i was watching that scene i was like this is one oh. of the best action scenes i've ever seen and the, I think the I put fire a lot... shotgun he has is just yeah. so amazing yeah so amazing yeah. <laughs> i will tend to listen it's probably not a five-star movie uh in maybe i don't know a, a traditional sense what's that even mean but i when the action is so good like so good i matt i am all forgiven fives if you're like i'm I, in the moment i'm head over heels for this give it a five Matt, I'm all for that. I'm just, 
I'm, I'm going to come at you about your Titanic rating in a little bit, but okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I, you know what? I could probably bump that. I don't know. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's very little nitpicky thing. Uh, don't, don't let yourself be bullied. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But oh, John Wick, John yeah. Wick four. Sorry. Go off King. I, I, you know, I, I think last okay, the episode John Wick four. I kept saying like I gave it four and a half. Why should a five? I did go back to a five. People don't know. I was like I thought about it more. I was like it's five stars, baby. And yeah. then I will just say now before we get into it, Titanic. I gave four and a half stars. Titanic. You did. I don't even probably. I, I'm thinking the rewatchabilities less because I was watching Titanic today and I was thinking like I haven't seen this in a long time. I don't know when I want to rewatch it again because I found it to, to watch it today was the most depressing viewing I've ever had. Titanic. Really. Yeah, I never, I think when I was younger, it had like, I don't know, emotional stuntedness or something where like, <laughs> well, it, nothing... when was the last time you watched it? Oh my God. Uh, from start to finish, it has to be at least 10 years. Like mm, I've caught okay. a piece of it here, but I, I, I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched this thing and we watched a lot back in the day. Um, yeah. But I was, it never, when I was younger, I feel like I didn't react very emotionally to movies. It's like I was like, oh shit, this is crazy. The boat's going down. And right. today watching like everything was hitting me so I was so sad. <laughs> I was like, this is so everything is so depressing. I was like, oh, that mom and her kids. Oh, oh the old so couple. Good. Oh, the orchestra going down. It's like they're all gonna die. There was this impending sense of dread that I yes. felt more than I've ever felt before. It's just it was it was a uh, listen, it was great, don't get me wrong, but I just Little things keep me from taking something to a four and a half to a five stars and letter. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Mark and I just to this, we'll get to Titanic a little bit, but like Mark and I were so, oh, so were that wasn't the, the most that wasn't the most subtle transition from the what have you seen lately to the main movie discussion <laughs> ever. I was uh, I was just imagining that. Oh, baby, Mark I haven't done talked about his three movies. He's ready to move on. He's yeah, ready to move I haven't on even talked about the one thing I saw that I was going to bring up, but I think Hayden might. Well, I think you've already seen it because I went on Letterboxd. I was like, Hayden would love this thing if he hasn't seen it. And you did see it. It looked like mm. I, Quigley, uh, Quigley Down Under. Which Quigley Down Under! <laughs> that was a Hayden. That was a Gilbert family uh, household staple. Classic. Yeah. We, for some, me and my friend were thinking back and forth. Like, call them the Bledsoe family classics. He has the Chadwick family classics. Like the, the movies that just played over yes. and over in your house. Like, um Titanic is a Bledsoe family classic, I will say. We played the crap out of those, those double VHS oh, yeah. tapes. Like, um, and I was like, hate it, because it's it's Simon Windsor who directed The Phantom, which is awesome, and Lonesome Dove. Lonesome. And I know you love fucking dove, dude. Lonesome yes. Dove. You mean, wait, and, uh, so you mean director of The Phantom, the movie that apparently got Billy Zane the role <laughs> of Kaladin Hockley? Oh. Which I, I just know. found out right before we started recording. Because he's such like a nice, charming guy in the phantom and he's such an asshole in titanic i've we'll I'm, get to uh, it yeah we'll get to it but uh <laughs> he might be the hero we haven't talked about oh, it yet god i think <laughs> i think our friend preston said something not too long ago if anyone remembers i can't remember where it was like where he i don't i don't want to i don't want to put him on he the was standing he yeah he was standing cal um i may well, have but, something to say about this but bit. why okay okay now quick and under i'll say really quickly great movie great western very fun tom Selleck. Wish he did like a bigger movie star. Tom Selleck um, from Coma. He's in that. What's yeah, so cool it's... about Tom Selleck and Quigley is like you expect anyone else, you'd expect them to be doing like a Clint Eastwood impression. He's like hard ass, you know, tough son of a bitch guy. Tom Selleck is so gentle and so like charming and like 
very warm that it's a very interesting kind of uh energy he brings to that role yeah it's he's very good i got that great uh he's an awesome rifle but (laughs) oh yes the sharps the sharps which my dad my dad knows all the different kinds of guns (laughs) which i was reading that became like known as the quigley gun after this movie came out like it was like uh yeah alan rickman great bad guy as always um what's lauren sangiacoma is that her name yes the dingo ate your baby lady (laughs) that's what i thought that was i was like wait is this where the dingo baby lady yeah (laughs) fighting off the bingos i loved it um it's a fun yeah i mean very... that was a real thing that happened in real life it just right, there's right. dingoes in the movie and there's a baby and she's right a, yeah i was like oh is this where the dingoes in my baby thing came from? i was like <laughs> oh uh that was a great that was, i mean that was an amazing set piece it's so tense when those dingoes are coming for her and she's in that cave oh. trying to defend them i was like oh this is this is intense um great it's it's a very movie. very fun movie i'm glad i finally watched it I, my whole life i thought this must be the sequel to something quickly down under sounds like there was just a yeah. quickly or there was some other there adventures. was quickly and yeah. then there was quickly down under and then the rescuers copied it right <laughs> quickly goes west and then quickly goes dude yes bring him back for quickly goes west I, oh. I would love it now that now that blue bloods is over it's not like he's doing anything no it got renewed didn't it did it did it i just saw i just saw this on twitter funny enough randomly somebody was like Who's still watching Blue Bloods after 14 seasons? And it got renewed. And I was like, my mom and stepdad love Blue Bloods. It's probably people in their 50s and 60s and 70s watching Blue Bloods. Listen, <laughs> like, remember how long NCIS lasted. If there's a show, if it has a devoted <laughs> enough audience, they will watch it till they bleed it dry. He's too busy doing those commercials, trying to convince Mama and Papa to like invest their money in some kind of shit <laughs> oh yeah i've seen those i get a second mortgage on a house or something i yeah. don't know but uh yeah it was it was really good did i even actually ask you about any movies you'd watch or we did not <laughs> I, <laughs> a quick you know so i'll good. keep it real easy did you, how dr giggles fuck <laughs> i don't have anything to say about dr giggles oh. that's a mark movie mark oh, warned us to watch it one night um it was okay uh it was definitely like I'll just quote Mark here. It was definitely like the end. It 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 wasn't, or I guess it kind of was. It feels like the end of the slasher genre for like an era for like a certain era, because mm-hmm. just like okay, the the guy he escaped the asylum. He's got a he's got a like thing, you know. He's got like a <laughs> a theme to him. He's he's a doctor, or surgeon, right? He's he's got all the little quips that go along with that theme he's got this that and i just like it hits all the little notes but uh i i don't know i'm not a huge slasher fan in general unless they've got michael myers in them and <laughs> dr giggles uh, it was okay it was okay i didn't dislike it um but uh, i have no strong feelings one way or the other oh. it's very strange that i always heard uh a certain person on a certain podcast we used to listen to all the time effervescently recommend it all the time and i, I think, think y'all may that, have talked about this guy didn't, didn't they talk about didn't shockwaves talk about dr giggles all the time dr. dr giggles was brought up a lot on that podcast i don't know if it was ever in a favorable light though are you sure <laughs> why was it coming out so much who was on dr giggles i don't know they mentioned the same movies over and over again probably because <laughs> it wasn't on blu-ray oh uh, yeah. maybe 
Maybe. See, that's the beauty of things not being on Blu-ray. You can make them sound like the greatest things in the world. And then you finally <laughs> see Fright Night 2 and you're like, oh. Hey, hey, we're, we're a pro Fright Hello. Night 2 podcast. It's okay. I fell asleep during it. But... <laughs> I fell asleep during Batman Begins. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Oh, all right. So yeah, I remember now. I we start by John Wick four. I went over to my pick for quickly. Back to you for Doctor Giggles, which sounds like you're like, eh, Doctor Giggles. So you you really like John Wick four? It looks like though. I didn't finish that up. You really? I did. I did really like John Wick four. I was just like, okay, let it end. No, no Marvel Phase (laughs) four. Let's not keep going. Let's 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 let it end. This is it. All right. I mean, I do feel like it should end. I came, cool. we came up with like an idea on the John Wick Four episode about like if, and I don't want that. I just say if they do it again, you got to wait like a good amount of time and probably scale down because I think you scaled as big as you possibly yes. could. You need to like do like a really nice tight like action movie, like a ninety minutes like Old Man Wick or something, like ten years from now or something. <laughs> oh, but, that'd be and cool. I, I don't know how. I don't know how like. I don't know how to remedy this about myself because I'm a sequels guy. I like more the more the merrier. Keep making them. I don't care. No skin off my back. I think it's something about John Wick that it's. I mean, it's this like two, three, and four are the the same movie. Like <laughs> they are the same movie. Not no diff no difference. Not none. Which again is fine. I think the thing on top of that is just how much they have influenced other movies outside of that. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready for every comedy to stop having John wick action in it now. <laughs> like I'm, I'm ready for like us to move on from this kind of movie a little bit. Have, but, has more than one comedy had that, or are you just thinking of an upcoming one that you're really not looking forward to? No, it's just like, okay, so I don't see a lot of comedies, but like every trailer i see for comedies like that movie stuber had like john wick looking action in it renfield's gonna have john wick looking action in it mr nobody or whatever with odenkirk had it in it nobody i want to say like pull up pull up any comedy trailer and if it's not something like bros or something i want to say like 75 percent of the time it's gonna have uh, action scenes in it and stuff, and I, I, just, I, I saw Stuber that did not have John Wick action. Yeah, <laughs> not? Count, I, it was they made, it, made it look counting, like that. Yeah, yeah I'm not counting nobody because that's like a that's like supposed to be in the John Wick vein, like a little more comedic, but that's really supposed to be more of an action <clears throat> movie than a comedy. Okay. <laughs> also, I must be. Uh, this is. I think this is just the kind of stuff that's right up my alley, Hayden. Like, if yeah. you like mysteries, like you know, Death of the Nile, you like this. This is my shit. <laughs> and you like Death of the Nile. I like I... movies that are way better than Death of the Nile. <laughs> Wait, wasn't it your top ten? No, that's what you're saying. That's oh, oh, oh. Saying. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying like you just have a. I think you like things that are d- directly your kind of thing. Like you're like yeah. I just eat this up. I eat up the John Wick stuff. So like two, three, and four being similar. It's give me more. Although well, I, feel like they... <laughs> I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that because I go back and I read my John Wick reviews that I wrote as when I saw them as they came out. Apparently, I was the same way because I was literally like, "These movies are made for me," and I'm like, "Who? Who was that? Who wrote that?" Because <laughs> like, I really like John Wick. They're uh, they have awesome action. In it. I love 
in John Wick 3 when he has to build the whole gun just to shoot the one guy with the one bullet. That's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that shit's great, right? Yeah, Each one it. of these movies it. has <laughs> at least one scene where I'm like, that shit rocked. It was so good. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not the biggest action guy, so I don't know what the hell I was talking about back then. <laughs> that's okay here's I my, yeah here's my john wick question because i still haven't seen chapter four i'll probably see it uh this week finally and maybe that'll uh be my new number one of the year because i really haven't seen that i think movies. it could be it very well could be <laughs> but so it doesn't like set up for another one because i don't know where i oh of this. course it does i was under the impression it, yeah. for some reason i was under the impression that they were doing like uh back-to-back thing and it was gonna be like this was like half a movie leading into john wick that was the original announcement yeah i i had read that too i went back and read this because we talked about this on the episode and i was like what happened with that they they hadn't they had announced that like we're gonna do four and five back to back and that'll be the end of it but then four like took so long apparently (laughs) there's just such an endeavor they were like we're not doing these back to back we might not ever do a john of john wick five so the way they leave it i don't want to spoil anything they leave it closed but open-ended if that doesn't make any well, sense that, the, every that... movie every movie none of the side characters die so i feel like every movie they leave open for potential spinoffs with all of these like other hitmen right right you, know, you got common who's still alive you got the uh orange is new black person who's still alive you've got like <laughs> like basically all like all these people are still kicking right by the a lot of, of them, yeah. They, yeah. Someone put a list up of like characters that were supporting characters that didn't die. It was way more than I realized. So yeah, um, there's a lot. Ali Berry's still... still out there waiting to make jinx. Oh yeah, <laughs> still right. still waiting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I kind of I like where they left four, so I'm like just leave it here. But yeah. I I couldn't get enough. This is I have a friend who is like. He always complains about the John Wick movies. He's like, there's no story. There's no story. It's all action. I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. It's an action movie. Yeah. It's like, give me that. Um, I just eat this stuff up. It's, and I, I feel like we talked about this in the episode too, that uh, a lot of people have been trying to do this John Wick thing. No one's really doing the level that Chats to Hell's he's doing. Not even David Ledich, who was the guy who co-directed one. He's like, yeah, he's not doing on the level, but I, I'm 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 a fan of Bullet Train. Look, Chad is living up to his name. Okay, he's <laughs> like he's, and Chad. Ha- I don't think David Levitch was a stuntman, right? Chad was, and so like I love that these movies are like love letters, stuntmen, like that. That's great. And so like the dude just knows how to shoot action, right? He's yeah. a great second unit action director too, because the action in uh what was it birds of prey that's the only one that i know of that he did second unit direction oh, on. yeah yeah that that was cool so like i mean his his influence is felt throughout a lot of movies with any kind of action recently it's good stuff and i love how the lore in john wick is very like i was comparing it to like the pirates of the caribbean sequels where it's like it's so dense and so convoluted and <laughs> and whatnot i love how it takes itself so seriously I love all that stuff. For some reason, I guess it's just because it's not my genre. I'm a little like a little tired, but I mean, understandable. Yeah. And the and movie plays with people feeling exhausted. There was a there was one point in particular where I was like really feeling exhausted. And then they do something right. where you're like, oh, God, no, <laughs> like, uh, it's I don't. Yeah, I, I get it. But I love it. Also, I got David Lettich was a stunt guy. He was for a long, long guy. time. Well, yeah. yeah. They were both stunt guys. That's what I thought. I didn't and know that. that. And I was like, wait, were they both? Because I, I, that's what I thought. 
And then you maybe question it, but apparently he's like a martial artist. Also, he's I think, guy. look, I'm a stickler for getting right, names right. I thought his name was David Leach. No. Because the I comes before the T, I'm pretty sure. L-E-I-T-C-H. Well, here's the problem. David. The problem is you David. moving the T one letter to Oh, yeah, soon. you're right. I've been saying David Leach this whole time. <laughs> well, here's the problem with David. Uh. He thinks he's funny, okay? <laughs> And a lot of people do too. A lot of people like the Deadpool humor. I hate Deadpool humor. And so like that's why I like Chad more. The humor in the John Wicks is like I don't know. It's, it's whatever. It's not like it's not de- it's not Deadpool it's definitely not bleeding with the comedy. Kind of it's not it's not uh putting that like in the forefront. Um Exactly. Yeah. So well yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I got nothing. But <laughs> I guess we talk about Titanic because I'm itching to talk about this movie now. So it's a great uh, movie. It's <laughs> the end. Uh, it's, it's a great it's, movie. It's five. It's a five star masterpiece. It's perfect. I don't know how you could fix it. Maybe I could bump my rating up after this episode to five stars too. <laughs> I do want to know. So is it just the rewatchability that's keeping you from? I. I think it might be. I had this is you know what's funny. This is one of my stupid. I make up myself rules about the four and a half versus the five stars. To me, a four and a half star movie is it's like basically right. It's, it could be a five star movie, but makes it a five star movie for me is like rewatchability. Or so you got like all the you got all the all the Kubricks at four point five then right. <laughs> Probably actually. <laughs> okay, good. Hey, yeah, the Shining is one of the most rewatchable movies I've ever seen. I don't know what you're talking about. I have rewatched well, that more than I would expect, honestly. <laughs> Mark and I were saying last night, because we were rewatching Titanic together, first half at least, and we were marveling at how rewatchable it is. This see, for as long of, of a movie as it is, and as sad as as it is, it's like it's one of those movies that, like, if I come across it on TV, I'm watching the whole thing, sitting through it. I could, I could, if it's on TV, I will watch a piece of it. I will probably not watch the whole thing because on TV, it'll probably be four hours long on TV. But <laughs> uh, I, I was amazed at, at how well it moves for an over three hour movie because we complain oh. about long movies a lot. And my God, is it, I mean, it helps. I've seen it a lot, right? It helps that speed it up. But it, I think it just, it just flies by. And then even if you're starting to kind of think like, a little bit like long the the clock when they hit the iceberg i feel like that completely ramps it up for the last hour and a half hour and 15 minutes like where they hit yeah. the iceberg like it happens right at the right time where you're like oh now we gotta switch gears into this whole situation mm. <laughs> oh and it gets, oh yeah yeah oh wait I mean, yeah the ship sinks <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> what you're thinking what's the most famous thing about the time ti- oh yeah it sinks oh shit, I, said, I forgot well now just said spoiler alert uh <laughs> well so now I'm now if you were a kid and you went to see it in theaters you were at least if you were me you were going cuz you wanted to watch a ship sink you hear about it's um I remember the reason I didn't see it right away is cuz my Love parents story. were they wanted to take me to see they wanted to go to a movie and I remember hearing them say should we go to Titanic or the new James Bond Titanic well, we're taking Marky on a cruise this summer, and if we go see Titanic, that might scare him a little. So maybe we should go watch this new James Bond. I'm like, I had no idea who James Bond was, and I was changed forever that night because that's right. They took me to see Tomorrow Never Dies, but I never forgot about Titanic. And eventually, I talked them into taking me to see it, and that's because I wanted to watch a ship sink. And 
little did I know how wrapped up I would get in these characters, even at the wee age of seven. The wee, the wee age. <laughs> that is, I mean, that is impressive. I was surprised when I was at 10 because this is like the only time I actually felt like the age gap between us. It's very small. It's like, what, three years? You guys are both 32 or 31. I'm, I'm a couple years older than Hayden, and I guess you're a few couple years older than me. So I'm like in the middle of you two. So, yeah, I, I was 10 when this came out. So I feel like I, I think Hayden said before, it's like you got to tell us about the cultural impact a little bit more because you were, you yeah, I was all this. five years old. <laughs> I was, oh, wow. I, 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 I okay. was, I was like, yay, I like disaster. Like, I liked disasters. My in for this was, we'll get to you, Matt, because you will have the juiciest story. <laughs> My in for this was, I loved disasters. I loved shit, like ships that had sunk. I was a little fucking nerd. I Even my, at five, my, you were into that? Yes. And like in the <laughs> wow. years follow like five to ten, I was into this stuff like a lot. My my grandma got me like this book that had the blueprints for the Titanic. And I would just oh, like wow. look at it and like in awe. I um I like <laughs> was learned, it a, I didn't, sorry. was huh? it Titanic and Illustrated History? But yes. you happen to remember? Wow. Yeah, because that's the book that James Cameron literally used as his pitch. I think it was that I I remember Titanic and Illustrated History. I, I it had to have been. I guess it was a popular book or something. But like she knew I liked big boats because I like being on boats because I was a little baby. And then she was like, "Oh, he'll like this. This is a famous boat." And then from that, I I realized that I really liked all these disasters in history. And as I got older, I. I didn't learn to read by reading these books, but like they kind of were part of my uh, growing up and development in reading is like, I didn't fully understand everything, but like I eventually started learning about all the people on it and they became like these, I don't know, these like mythic figures in my head. We'll, we'll get into all this, but like I was such a Titanic nerd that like years later, I saw the the box set that like my the that you know that double VHS my parents had and my sister loved it because she loved Leo and whatnot and I was like I guess I should finally watch this dead gum movie that I didn't <laughs> that like I didn't realize they made a movie about this because I had seen the old Titanic the what year was it Mark it was the early fifties like fifty three I think yeah my aunt had had that on VHS and I had watched that one. And I was like, I think I'm, you know, they were like, we think little Hayden's ready for Titanic. And so, of course, I had to put my my hand over my eye for one scene, but I, I, I cheated <laughs> and I peeked through my fingers and I fell in love. And then <laughs> it was uh, the boy's first oink. And then uh, I'm like, but I mean, it's this a book movie, right there. Uh, boy's first oink. <laughs> boy's first oink. But this movie was just, I mm. mean. I was obsessed. This is like a Mark movie because Mark talks about it much more than me. Because I went like, I went like you, Matt. I went like ten years, if not more, not watching it because I rewatched it in 2020 for the first time in like ten years. I was like, holy shit! Why had I ever stopped watching this? But like, in my early adolescence, big movie, love Titanic. Oh, I even had a board game that was like escape the titanic <laughs> oh, wow. oh my god very bad taste i wish i still yeah. had it i wish i still had it but uh matt 
It's over a hundred years later. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. I uh, so yeah. I guess I was I was the oldest here when this came out. So I feel like I really remember the cultural impact of Titanic. It was a massive deal. Like, and it's funny because you know, movies having legs. This doesn't happen as much these days. When a movie comes out and it just stays in the box office for like, yeah. unless they're from Titanic's director. Unless they're, yeah, unless they're from old Jimmy Cameron. Avatar so. 2 is already gone. Oh, is it? It's, it's still in theaters. Not here. It's in a handful of theaters here. But well, you're in Austin. That's, but that's even, Austin even staying at number one for like multiple weeks is a big deal now. Like yeah. insane in the top 10 is like Titanic. Like it came out, I guess, near Christmas in uh, 97. Yeah, and it I was like... supposed to open in summer. And it just, it kept getting, it eventually had to get pushed back to winter because he just kept not being done with it. I can, it's a massive undertaking. I can understand. Uh, I don't think we saw it till like spring break of 98 because we saw, I'll never forget, saw it in Florida with my grandparents and we not seen to that point. And that would have been like April 98. It was still going. <laughs> it was still in theaters. Um, and it was PG-13. So no one expected nudity of any kind <laughs> and no one expected came... the sexiest movie scene of all time just saying it just i mean just i did not was not I, I was there to see a ship sink i didn't expect all their stuff and so i'm like 10 so we were all just there to see a ship sink then we, yeah we it were all sounds there like a ship sink and i was sitting to my grandpa and my mom and grandma when that scene came because no one knew they were like Close his eyes. Close his <gasps> eyes. Like, cover <gasps> his eyes. And then, like, I, my grandpa puts his hand over my eyes. I'm, like, looking. My head's also turned. So I'm looking at him, and he's just, like, giggling. Like, he's, he's really... like, you don't know what you're missing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Crack it. He was cracking up. Yeah, I think it was, like, the funniest thing in the world that they were, like, panicking. And he was just, like, <laughs> like he was just, like, giggling to himself. Like, this is so great. That is I, pretty funny. I feel like I could still also look back and, like, sneak a peek through his fingers. I'm not sure if he was leaving a gap there for me. Oh, purpose, he was leaving but... a gap. <laughs> that's a good grandpa and uh he just yeah it was he was cracking up and yeah listen it was it was a big moment might have been the first naked person ever seen at that point oh, it was I, was, I was like i was like what's happening i was like i what didn't expect gift. this yes yeah, like, <laughs> oh uh i am still <laughs> shocked that he got away with really any or that much unity in p13 i'm like what did he what did he barter with to get that rating from the mpaa because I mean, he I probably s- begged. Well, I would imagine maybe some money changed hands. If not that, there was probably some begging involved well, on okay. the part of the studio, not just Cameron, because it was the most expensive movie ever made, and they did not want to in any way risk that R rating. Well, okay, okay. I so in my memory before I rewatched it in twenty twenty. I remember it being like full nudity. Right, right. And then rewatching it uh, both times since I've, I've rewatched it, I am kind of surprised at like, not, let's say it wasn't, te- I always knew it was tasteful. It wasn't like, wow, chicka, wow, wow. You know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like sleazy or anything. But I am surprised that it's like half, it's like half, it's like top butt and then, and then tasteful boobs, right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Con- I should consider phrasing, but it's like it's like a te- it's like <laughs> I'm sorry. The f- it is not as much as I remember in my head because in my memory I was like, "Holy shit, that is 
a straight up all it was like Bram Stoker's Dracula in my in my memory. Right. I mean, I, I think because he does that cut like the the it's a split second cut where he drops the robe. And I feel like for some reason. Yeah, I remember it, too, being like full on. You just see everything and, and you like, see wow. the drawing. And in your memory, you're uh, like, yeah. oh, I see the real person. But it's really the drawing. Well, <laughs> also, thank you. Mark. Mark is watching the movie as he usually does. And it's on that scene right now. Just happened to be perfect coincidence. Wow, Mark, turn that the, is weird. Turn the turn the computer back. Hey, Mark, how are you going to focus for the next uh, few minutes? For real. <laughs> Oh, but I'm not. I'll be back, guys. <laughs> Mark, why do you look like a Tex Avery wolf over there? Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I love. I mean, it was just yeah. So that was crazy. And then I think we were obsessed with the song in my house. The, my mom had the cassette single of "My Heart Will Go On" by Celine <laughs> Dion. So it was just that on a loop. And then if you turn the radio on in '97, '98. I, you could go, I think at any moment, if you were on a channel that wasn't playing My Heart Will Go On, you could switch to a channel that was playing My Heart Will Go On. That's it, awesome. It's, it's one of those rare songs that I have heard so many times. I'm still not tired of it. I still love that song. I think it's amazing. So I, I want to ask, there's a lot of questions I'm going to ask in this podcast. I And all of this is my own stupidity, my own like bubble that I live in. But I, I am... In in good faith asking this, I'm not just trying to be cynical or whatever. <laughs> is is like a success a big cultural moment, movie moment, like Titanic possible nowadays? Or is it like the Beatles where it's like there could never be another Beatles? Like there there could never be another band that 99% of the people on earth. I, I think we just saw it with Top Gun Maverick last year. And Do you before- think that was a titanic level i mean not titanic thing? level but i mean that was a pretty get. big level because <laughs> it was in the top 10 consistently for a for very long time. summer well, it, remember I, it like popped back into number one like August right or something well, I, like, i'm not just talking like numbers i'm talking yeah. about like the i mean couldn't escape the lady gaga song if like that was on the yeah. if that was on Love like it. the radio like <laughs> like so much if like uh fucking uh uh who who's like a who's like a little guy in the movie <laughs> who's like an actor who hadn't been in much if uh, he had become like the biggest heartthrob of for like an entire generation and like uh, because like titanic i think the thing with titanic is like one of the big things about it is it appealed to young people so strongly yeah like yeah an entire gen- i'm i'm Matt, I'm so glad you have me and Mark on here, but I feel like we need a we should have a female presence on here because this may be uh, I may be assuming, but judging by my sister and all her friends and every woman I've ever known in my life, this was such a huge movie to teenage girls, right? Yeah, I was, and I that is that. a they really they, huge they market when yeah. it comes, or it used <laughs> to be a huge market when it came to movies. Now teenagers in general, their market is TikTok. Right. I, know this. I was gonna say it's TikTok. Yeah, they, I, I, like, I know, they, they they will get up. I feel like young kids do love like the Stranger Things cast. I mm-hmm. feel like they love they they all you know. It's there's few people that, but yeah, you just like YouTubers and TikTokers. But um, everybody loved Leonardo DiCaprio. My God, I think it's part of the reason that I turned against the movie a little bit as I got was... a little older because I was like, oh, it's a dumb movie for girls. You know, I was really, I think I was just bitter yeah. that all the girls like Leonardo DiCaprio. And I was. Just, like, I'm whatever. only He's seeing this for the ship sinking, and then you're yeah. like. 
and then you're like swept away by the emotion. She's like, oh my God, my heart will go on. Oh. <laughs> we were all in the same boat. I, remember, I remember doing the same thing. I will just say, uh, if you're doubtful that it was teenage, literally James Cameron says on the bonus feature, it is teenage girls that drove this movie to be the success that it was. Absolutely. It they saw fact. it. My sister probably saw this movie like in theaters more than any other movie she's ever seen in her life. And like all of her friends, it was like, it was like uh, whenever <laughs> two years later, whenever Phantom Menace was in theaters for like a year and me and my friends saw Phantom Menace for all of our birthdays. So I wound up seeing it nine times in theaters oh that year. <laughs> it was like that for girls. I'm assuming. Sorry. I'm and assuming. I again, say. I hate to bring up something you guys haven't heard yet, but it's funny you bring up seeing Phantom Menace that many times because on the last episode on John Wick, Andy Gorham was on and he saw he it came up somehow. He saw Phantom Menace. I think he said 25 times in a theater. Hey, it's a great the- theatrical. Ex- <laughs> it really was a great theatrical experience. Dude. First like Star Wars movie times. in. <laughs> yeah, first Star Wars movie, in what, 16 years? Of course, it's going to be the biggest thing of all time. Oh yes, pod racing. Am I the only one? Obviously, it wasn't as big. (laughs) Yes, Matt, you were too old. You were. I was too old. At at that age, you were the prime age to hate a new Star Wars movie. Yeah, I I was. Yeah, I was going. (laughs) I think eleven going on twelve, and I was like, that kind of sucked. I was like, that kind of parts I liked, parts I didn't like, but I was like, that wasn't very good. No, the pod racing rocked though. That the pod racing's great. The final lights are a battle's great. I mean, there's great things the score is good um score is so good it's so good yeah yeah i did you know at the time though i walked out i was like i don't know about all that but um a couple years earlier i know because i know like people just a few years younger than me love the prequel trilogy i'm still not i'm not fully there (laughs) not fully there but uh yeah the the titanic back to like so top gun maverick was like oh this is the closest thing i've seen in like 25 years almost Mm -hmm. to a i guess it was 25 years to a titanic level phenomenon because it was also just people going over and over again to see it people telling other people about it that's like we didn't see titanic for like months till it came out because mm-hmm. the word of mouth was so strong though we were like we got to go see titanic like well, and that's what yeah well what we learned is like with top gun dads are a very important market with movies <laughs> this is true they are they they are I just don't think that they are as powerful a market as teenage girls. <laughs> and they can't, they can't obsess like teenage girls. It's different. And Titanic <laughs> had a good crossover appeal because it had it had like everything. Yeah. Right. Top Gun is awesome. Do not get me wrong. But, you know, I, I don't know if it has all the elements. If right. it had more for the teenage girl crowd, it could have been a two billion dollar hit. And it's right. <laughs> if only teenage girls liked planes flying in a desert or some shit i don't know <laughs> do they like glenn powell or um miles oh they love teller. miles teller <laughs> well I, don't, I mean how successful was the glenn powell jonathan majors movie devotion only with dads i think only with dads <laughs> like that's a so like i guess uh, glenn powell did not have the same <laughs> impact that leo did no remember no, no. devotion had the same font as dunkirk that was weird. <laughs> Not until you brought it up, I hadn't thought about it. But that was weird. Uh, I, it, yeah, I mean, it really. I was just telling 
my mom, he's from, was, I was like, you're going to like when we're doing the podcast, Titanic. She goes, oh, yeah, I love Titanic. And somehow I was like, it's for everybody. It's got like the romance. It's got oh. adventure. It's got stuff for dads because dads love historical stuff. It's got, uh-huh. I mean, it's got something for but everybody. The podcast is not for everybody because we spend a lot of time on the nude scene. Well, that's not on. for moms. We, we only spent a, a minute, I think. Now, okay. Now, I ask, we will get back to the nude scene. But you just said you just said it's the movies for everyone. Another big question I want to ask. I don't think we properly answered the first question I asked, but <laughs> another question I want to ask is like because people kept going to the movies, people kept going to see this thing over and over again. Um, and as much as I love Avatar 2, again, does not have the same appeal. Like that was what I was hoping for. People just keep going and going and going, keeping it in theaters forever. It you know, it just doesn't hit the same way. But what I think is important about uh, Titanic is that it's one of those AFI top 100 movies, right? Like Shawshank, Mm -hmm. they're undeniably great movies, right? Right. What's important about those movies to me is that people love sharing them with other people. And they're like, they're great movies to be like, dude, we got to see this. You have, you've never seen blank. You have (laughs) to see blank. And it's not like a niche because we all have those in our back pocket where there's like oh this is a personal favorite you've probably never heard of it you would love it it's more of like you've never seen the biggest movie of all time you gotta see this <laughs> so i'm trying wow. to think like what are some other big shareable movies well here's a question i have in relation to that because the, the question three of us <laughs> yes the three of us mostly associate with movie fans cinephiles yes. And they tend to see these movies, like the ones that we're naming, like Top Gun Maverick or Avatar, they tend to see those right away. I don't know how much contact each one of us individually has with people who aren't as movie obsessed with us. Mm-hmm. And I would be curious to see how these movies carry over. Because like, let's say film Twitter, for example, like, yeah, people will freak out about a movie on opening weekend, but no matter how big it is, it'll like maybe it'll get mentioned every now and then. But people are always just discussing the latest releases or like whatever. I don't know, whatever new movie Arrow's putting out or some shit like mm-hmm. that. Like they don't I feel like the um, film Twitter is not a place where a movie like that can get constantly discussed. Well, that's kind of what I'm that's kind of what you, I was going for. Sorry. You, you know what? Now, I don't know how much crossover appeal this had outside of movie fans, but if I'm thinking of a movie that was talked about regularly for the whole year, I'm sorry, Hayden, but you're welcome, Matt. You kind of got that with everything, everywhere, all at not once. For nor- not for normies, though. Not for normies. That was. This is what I was saying. That's what Top Gun has in common with Titanic. Mm-hmm. Had great normie appeal, right? like (laughs) titanic great normie appeal shawshank redemption great normie appeal everything everywhere all at once great twitter appeal dude cannot top the twitter appeal cannot top austin appeal right but like normal people i love that tweet of that guy who got so pissed trying to show his parents everything everywhere all at once i didn't see this tweet i've (laughs) It was, it was some critic or something. And he uh-huh. like he was like, Oh, I, I tried to show my parents everything everywhere all at once. And my dad like left halfway through and I, I will never talk to him again or something. <laughs> like, it was just like 
how can you expect a normal person to get anything out of everything everywhere all at once? That is a <laughs> ADHD brained like fever dream, right? Titanic is a historical epic. It's got romance. It's got thrills and chills. You know, it's got <laughs> something for everybody. Yeah. Right. It, it really does. It really. I I think to I'll, to answer your back to your way your first question. I think Top Gun Maverick's the closest we'll see because here's the I just looked it up. When was Titanic released on VHS? September 1998. So it took nine, okay. ten months since it got. So that is that's the difference. I think there's a ceiling on these mm -hmm. newer movies because they go to streaming or yeah. Blu-ray so quickly that Titanic you had to keep going back to the theater if you want to see it because there was no other way for you to see it if unless uh -huh. you just so i think that's the capper on things nowadays like for top gonna do what it did in that in the environment that we live in of like modern streaming and and blu-ray is pretty crazy on its own but mm -hmm. i i think i, I, I like will say unattainable about top gun it did take longer to come to blu-ray than most movies do nowadays well, that was true. tom cruise like that was on cruise three right? gun three uh, i mean i think so yeah but also it was like, for a while yes yeah, so. i mean also that's because like people did keep going to see it so mm -hmm. he felt like justified in keeping it in theaters like i'm sure if people had stopped going to see it he would have been like all right let's go ahead and put it out i guess that's true and i but guess it, it's you know. like i mean there's not a top there's not a top gun or a or a titanic like there never has been a titanic in theaters every few months right but like i feel like back then there was a forrest gump like every year, like there was, <laughs> there was a bit, there was a Top Gun every year, right? That people were like, oh shit, yes, this is like a huge thing. And for a while, it was those Marvel movies, but I, I don't, I don't know. Well, they've like, lost their stranglehold. I mean, they, I think. they, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're slowing down. Yeah. Yeah. Move other so. studios aren't scared to uh put the movies out around Marvel movies now, I think. They're like, we can we there's room for all of us. Like, like we can fit enough. Uh, I think we're fine going up against Ant Man Quantumanium. <laughs> I think <laughs> we'll you know be what? Fine. Props to them for lasting as long as they did, because they had a pretty long run. Like that's ten years. That's uh Oh, that's a absolutely a, a success story Wait. if ever there was one. Yeah. I, will, they're not I do not bad. like they them, just... but I will give them that. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're not, yeah, the, the chokehold, I think, no, is you know loosened. They just, you know what? They're still around. Years. Yeah, uh, mean... Iron Man came out in 08, and yeah. in, um, No we Way Home. We count these post COVID last... years, though. I mean, No Way Home. That's like the biggest one true. of their movies, I think. Yeah. Well, one that's of them. And, that, yeah. and Doctor, isn't Doctor Strange like. Didn't Doctor it make more Strange, money than actually. Titanic in like a weekend? <laughs> like, I remember, <laughs> I remember hearing that like doc, somebody was like, "Oh yeah," and then Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness is like the biggest movie of all time ever made and ever will be. And I was like, <laughs> "What? Oh, okay." Who who said that? Same year as Avatar? <laughs> no, but no, I'm just saying it was apparently Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness made like a shocking like a shockingly large amount of money i I'd, I'd have to pull up the list but i think it is like top five or some shit which yeah, is maybe we should wait and see how uh before we talk about them being dead because guardians could uh blow the doors off theaters again yeah people are gonna if you know what guardians three to. normie appeal absolutely <laughs> yes wow they're gonna Dr. cry Strange when they did see that make a billion dollars Huh? Doctor Strange, the the sequel, Multiverse of Madness, made like nine hundred and fifty five million dollars. It almost broke a billion. So well, thank God that one 
got that much and Thor Love and Thunder didn't. Well, and everyone <laughs> loves Doctor Strange too. I mean, I can't I can't walk outside without hear peeing, hear people talking about Doctor Strange too. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> oh God. Right. Um, but I yeah, I think you know, the Titanic thing was I said Titanic really weird. Again, <laughs> the Titanic. Uh, they it is it was it was rare at the time. I mean, it was a crazy phenomenon, and then to get close to replicating now is almost impossible. I mean, just but... movies. We live in a different movie landscape now. Between streaming and IP kind of taking precedence over stars, like yeah. there's just I mean, stars the channel, not movie stars. They'll always reign supreme. Uh, Watch Power Book Five premiering this whenever the hell I don't know. That was AI a bit. I'm, dra- Stars I'm dragging. I'm dragging this out for bits. I'm I'm breaking my own rules. Listen, listen. Can we quickly listen. talk about how I mean? I'm. It's like it's it's so beaten to death at this point. But yet, I every time I think about it, I just can't believe it. This guy, the last three movies James Cameron has made, have become like three of the top five highest grossing movies of all time. Yeah, like somehow like you can't that's not just something you can do you can't just like put a movie out there and be like okay this is gonna be the biggest grossing movie people have to go see it and somehow enough people keep going to see the movies he put out to raise them to that level and i still can't believe his luck in that department every time i think about it he's good he's good director king of the world baby he's he's i like when he said that at the oscars i don't get why people don't like it (laughs) I think it's fun. Well, I mean, it's fun. I, I, yeah, I don't have a problem together. with it. Yeah. I put it together tonight. He was in a room full of industry people who he was absolutely destroying that night with yeah. his movie. So James they were Cameron destroys. <laughs> why was he why was he not at the Oscars this past year? There was like a reason, right? He's got better stuff to do. I, I, Avatar I, three. He didn't he have COVID to the Oscars anymore, did he? Oh no, I thought I he had remember, COVID. okay. I was asking the story to draw my memory. He I, I heard he was holding a party just for the Avatar crew to go to, like his own. He oh. yeah, threw a party for them, which I thought was nice to throw them a party. That is nice. Yeah, don't get don't. The Oscars seem very stressful. Like I'm happy they just <laughs> got to go to their own little bubble party. Oh, I would go to the Oscars every. I mean, like I'm one of these like cringe lovers. I would go to the Oscars every year hoping for another Will Smith. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would like hoping for another Moonlight. Oh. I would. Those are my favorite moments. I mean, those when are everyone those is are just great. like, everyone is just like freaking out, and it's so well, uncomfortable. It's fun to see the Hollywood like... type people in a situation that's so uncomfortable, and how they actually would react because, like, you can't really plan for that to yeah. happen. And just... Want to see these ad lib lessons go to good use? Yeah, how's your how's your improv skills, everybody? Um, yeah, yeah, I do like that stuff too, Hayden. I'm with you. <laughs> so, so good. it's the oh. only good thing about them. But um, okay. James Cameron, because we've been talking a lot about the phenomenon. It's, I mean, it, you can't talk. This is one of those movies where, like, can't talk about it without talking about the phenomenon. It's huge, right? Yeah. Anyway, biggest movie of all time for a long biggest time. Biggest movie yeah. of all time since what? Gone with the Wind, right? I believe so. Yeah. That was the one like, it unseated or something. Well, I thought it was Star Wars. Are we talking about the whole inflation, inflation thing is weird because, like, we're always Donald talking Trump. adjusted for inflation. <laughs> if you don't adjust I mean, for inflation, then it doesn't matter. Wait, no, I think it was either Star Wars or Jurassic Park at that time was the highest grossing movie of all time. Adjusted for inflation? Well, no, I'm not adjusting for damn inflation, damn it. <laughs> well, then why? Then why would you even count it? 
I don't know. That's how, I, I that's feel how like they he, count it. I feel like it was, you have it was to gone with the wind inflation. before Titanic. Adjusted okay. for inflation. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you have to adjust for inflation. Otherwise, it's like, well, then, then what? Uh, Ant Man three is going to be the biggest. Who cares? You know, not true. But anyway, okay, Matt, you were a a little human being when this came out. Like, you were aware of the world. Yeah, Mark, you were more aware of the world than I was. Y'all had seen Terminator and Terminator two, probably. First, I had not seen Terminator yet, but I'd seen Terminator two and Aliens. Okay, and so, two lies probably. Yeah, <laughs> were you aware of James Cameron as like a, a? Were you aware of directors as like a thing and like this guy <sighs> makes these movies? It's a good question. I'm trying to. I don't. I don't feel like I was super aware of um, directors at age ten. I feel like that still was a a couple years off for right. me to like really pay attention to who directed what. I'm sure I saw his name flashed as like somewhere or someone said this is the guy who did the Terminator movies and Aliens and mm-hmm. like, but I don't think I would have known like, oh, that's James Cameron probably until he actually probably won the oscar and they you know but uh i don't yeah i wasn't super aware of it i think i was like kind of aware and then because i'm trying to think about how weird it must have been i mean big director right i mean made three gigantic movies i don't think had made like hadn't made a bad movie period except for like what prompt but who cares about prompt you know whatever that's like like, people in card they count that yeah yeah but like made terminator changed the entire world made terminator 2 changed the entire world aliens huge movie right like yeah like huge movie true life, and so big hit right Not, and so yeah <laughs> yeah it, it didn't change everything like right, like the right. two terminators did but like um everyone loves it right it's, everyone loves it but uh <laughs> but and then the next movie he does i mean you know true lies whatnot big big movie big movie so this guy who's known for these kinds of movies Okay, I'm making the next Ten Commandments. Like, I'm I'm making the next Cleopatra. I'm making the next big Hollywood historical epic that they have not made in for, forever. Right? It was that weird at the time. Everybody's like, "Wait, the Terminator Two guy, the True Lies guy, <laughs> is making like fucking." I mean, I'm struggling to even come up with like a. A comparison. It's like you know, romantic like, historical epic. It probably I, this I don't remember huge that four hour historical epic. Right? Lawrence of Arabia from the director yeah. of John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like why not? If I was more plugged into any kind of discourse, people might have been been like, "Oh, that's a weird switch for James Cameron to go to this movie." I do know it was talked about after the fact, not the time that people were like banking this was going to fail, and they were making fun yes. of like this being like. Oh, this will be James Cameron's Titanic for real. It's gonna sink. It's gonna sink at the uh-huh. box office. Like they were really they were, I mean, yeah, those little headlines were written for him, like unsinkable. <laughs> I think not. You yeah, know? I'll bet that was another annoyance when he was making the movie. Like oh, I had to yeah. take on a movie where I've literally given everyone all the headlines they need simply. Where everyone by... was rooting against us for some reason. Like everyone was like oh this guy this thing is gonna implode like they would rather root against it than like hope that it's good an amazing movie <laughs> Every, i mean out. everyone just roots against everything that's big after a while that's you're you're absolutely right way. i'm not immune to it i'm not immune to it. i do it all the time but like i i don't know it, it has to be strange because i mean avatar is very is very different than uh than than titanic i guess what i'm saying is like can you pin james cameron down to one thing mark was kind of talking about this yesterday 
last night. You want to talk about the style thing, Mark? Well, that uh, I, I feel like I'd put that in a. I, I don't know if that's really exactly what I was talking about, but I mean, we can go into that too, sure. But no, yeah, he does. Uh, I he he has like kind of genre tendencies that he sticks to. Like, I mean, he mostly does sci-fi action with drama and romance kind of infused into them. This is a big departure from him. And even though, like, all of his movies are different from each other, in like, none of them are as different as this. Like, this is literally, like, if... Like, this would be as big of a departure as, like, Quentin Tarantino doing a Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're li- like, you're literally... Oh, God. How do I put this into words? You're... I genuinely don't know. I, I feel like I've said it as many ways as I could. I feel like the... I'm sorry. I, I've completely lost the tre- thread of what I was saying. <laughs> It's okay. I, I can jump in if it. you want. I have I have thoughts about this. I was watching Titanic and thinking, it's funny because this feels like the outlier from everything else he's done. I feel like the two Avatar movies tie back yeah, closer to like Aliens and We've got the Abyss. We mentioned yeah, you're the, right. the Abyss. The Abyss is in the middle. Well, because the Abyss is the Abyss is amazing, but that's not really a success. Like that was uh, I don't I don't think it was a bomb. I don't know how it did in the box office, but it was not the like world-changing success that his other movies were i think it was kind of viewed as a failure uh until he like he had to like get the success of terminator 2 to rebound from that i believe yeah i just looked it was it cost 70 million it made 90 which is not so, yeah, that is not great. those are not james cameron <laughs> numbers those are rookie numbers <laughs> so the one the one factor the titanic does have it's like well people in the water james cameron loves being in the damn water <laughs> like oh, wow. avatar 2 he's like get get me to water get out of this fucking jungle <laughs> but um he's like i gotta get to the water but and I, water. he's you <laughs> get the people to water he is water. i was but watching Titanic. i'm like there's st- <laughs> still james cameron hallmarks here he's great at doing these big big stories he's a great great for like big story ideas he's great at that he's great at painting like broad strokes i feel like he does mm-hmm. he's got great ideas and he's an amazing technical director and has a great sense of scope i think everyone's always knocked him for his dialogue if it had knock him for anything but i think he gets around the dialogue by, by having by casting really good actors down to like the smallest part uh-huh. uh so I feel it was a lot of on Titanic where I'm like, that might not be a good line if it was read by somebody with less conviction. I don't, <laughs> okay. I don't know if I'm just weird. I almost never go for like attacking dialogue because I don't know if it's because I did a lot of theater growing up or something, but it's like, to me, dialogue is just part of style. It's why I've never understood people attacking M. Night Shyamalan for his dialogue. Cause it's like, this is just the way, I mean, it's not supposed to be realistic, right? It's supposed to be just the way this guy sees uh, the world or his characters. or uh, It's not the way he sees the world because that would be realism or whatever. But like this is like his stylized thing. You know, it's too painful. I cannot bear it. You know, I can't. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but like <laughs> James Cameron, I've seen 
almost all of his movies. I'm not as familiar with them as y'all because I don't rewatch them over and over again, except for Titanic. Titanic's the one that I watch over and over again. Uh, do people dislike the dialogue in this movie? Or is it just this, a few corny lines? This one, I think, doesn't get knocked as much. But it's funny because in the very opening with Bill Paxton, it was like, it was cracking up at what he was saying. Although then I remember that the other people make fun of what he's saying too. So there's like right. a knowing, because it's kind of like, a little he's trying top. to play himself up to be like this uh yeah <laughs> and the funny thing isn't the bill paxton character like the james cameron surrogate i've heard that yes, before absolutely <laughs> and i can see that now so he got knocked like i think people don't like his dialogue and i don't know like avatar a- I think avatar got is the big one i hear knocked for dialogue maybe some of aliens like you know some of the macho marine shit which i love that stuff in aliens i think it fits. i did i did too like, those are he... memorable lines it's good stuff <laughs> it's um i i think yeah it kind of comes down to like it's a mixture of dialogue and the performances like i mean i hear a lot of shade thrown at billy zane in this because he's they uh oh, he's considered as going quote unquote over the top with it. gotta which, talk about cal which should we is... talk about him now uh sure why not I mean, sure no he brought stru- him up there's no structure to this oh there's no structure this is it's okay. too big a movie for structure just go anywhere uh but yeah. well, like ironically okay. it's like one of the most brilliantly yeah. structured movies that's yes. well, no, i didn't mean i meant for the podcast not the movie. right right, right. Oh, it, it, <laughs> that, that's true that's true i'm just saying like I think they asked William Goldman like what what the best script ever was, and he's he was like Titanic. Like, there's oh not a God. movie that uses every single element as perfectly as Titanic, and is just so streamlined and so like no 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 no, you know. <laughs> and yet he never yeah. gets the. I don't know if he was. I know. I don't know if he was nominated for screenplay for Titanic or not. I know he wasn't for Avatar because that's like his thing. He gets like picture and director. Well, I guess he didn't get director this year, but he never really gets screenplay nods. Uh-huh. So I don't know if Titanic was nominated for screenplay or not. Which I'm trying to find it, right? yeah, I feel it, like I nominated it for would everything. Be kind of crazy. So. I know it didn't win because I think that was the year of Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, it. I think that's why people. Uh, I, I'm glad. Basically, I'm glad William Goldman is propping him up in that department because I do feel like a lot of people talk shit on uh, his writing abilities. Right, he's amazing at again at like story structure. I think I would yes. never knock him for like putting a story together. You know, he's not yeah. you, okay. This ties in to I think what Hayden wanted me to talk about. Like, he's not a big quote unquote stylist. You know, like you've got Quentin Tarantino and Michael Mann and all these great directors who have very discernible visual styles to their movie like you watch a movie by them and you can tell this is a michael mann or this is a brian de palma mm-hmm. this is a quentin tarantino He's doing that thing he likes to do exactly james cameron does not really have like you've got he's got certain motifs that he likes to return to like you know uh kind of machismo and marines or technology or water uh, <laughs> water. water yeah but in terms of like the way it's written, his movies are written in film. There's not really a discernible style. Like they're just like the highest level of competency. Which it's like Ridley some, Scott. People yeah. like use yeah. the term competent, like they want to describe a movie as good but not great. But I think he is like the greatest competent director, where he puts things together in the best way they can possibly be put together. He just doesn't necessarily leave like the most obvious authorial stamp on it 
Yeah. And yeah. how did I, what did, what were we talking about? That, I, that was all very well said. Thread. I don't know how we got there, but good job, Mark. That was good. Uh, also, uh, it was yeah. not nominated for best screenplay. It was like uh, one of the only things it wasn't nominated for was best screenplay. They're probably uh, they're like, like, we're going to nominate the movie where Rose says, this is where we first met while the ship's again. Well, it's like, Stop making fun of that shit. That's a good moment. I don't know why people are making fun of that. That's no, a like, good moment. Again, I, I didn't even think of that as funny until you, like, the way you cinephiles. said it. I've always heard that kind of shit. Oh, up. okay. Well, I was just laughing at the Bill Paxton stuff in the beginning, but then they made fun yeah, of it anyway. Yeah. This time I wasn't thinking so much. There's some like over-the-top type stuff, but I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. And no. I don't ask me to name individual lines because my memory is too bad to do that. But like, I put the coat most... on her. It's, um, Oh, do you want to know what was nominated for best pitch or best screenplay? Is anyone curious? I can read them. If, yes. Okay. Um, the Full Monty, a movie that I feel like hmm. was a big deal at the time. Don't talk about it much more. Talk about Full Monty, that drawing room scene. Woo. <laughs> Sorry. Deconstructing Harry. Drawing. So Woody Allen movie. Oh, Deconstructing um, Harry. Woody Allen. Boogie Nights, that could have been oh, the winner. All right, uh, that makes sense. As yeah. good as it gets, and the winner was, yeah, Good Will Hunting. But you want to talk about, like, the opposite of Titanic in terms of structure and, like, form and, like, Boogie Nights is so messy, and that's what's lovely about it, right? Like, it's it's so choppy and, like, weird and all over the place. It's like individual, formless. like, slices of life, you know, yeah. it's like a... I, I love that movie. But, I mean, you're, oh, it is I do very too. Different. It's it is yeah. like vignettes almost of you know different parts of their lives and um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a very different thing. Titanic. I it's like man, he moves you as aliens moves you from like one section to the other so well. It's like he's so oh, efficient, sh- so efficient, it's and like, like oh shit, the iceberg hit. Now we're in a whole different thing. You know, it's a whole different mode now. <laughs> like he is a storyteller at the end of the day like he's interested in you know fitting themes in and saying things but at the end of the day he just wants to entertain an audience by telling a story in the most efficient way possible with the tools that he has and what's so incredible is like his he did not care about titanic he was a big diver he loved diving but he did not care about the titanic until he picked up that book the illustrated history of titanic and he was like Oh, this is this could make for the perfect story. And so what his favorite, I think his favorite aspect of like making the movie, and you can tell this from all the years since, he is so forensically interested in the Titanic, like figuring out every second of what happened on that ship, getting every detail correct, right? He is so interested in the nuts and bolts uh like mechanics of it. And then just like in his head he was like okay but to make this a successful movie there's got to be like a love story and so i'm not saying that that wasn't his path like the love story wasn't his passion but like it's so it's so funny to me that like that was probably his the thing he found the least interesting personally and yet (laughs) he just happened to make a a romance in a movie that like swept an entire generation off their feet and like <laughs> like formed their idea of romance for the rest of their lives because <laughs> i so whenever i resaw whenever i saw this in theaters again um whenever it came out for around valentine's day there was a bunch of people i mean it was like sold out and like a bunch of people around me were 
like older women who had seen this whenever they were like in their twenties or, you know, late teens or something. And like anytime an emotional beat would happen towards the end of the movie, you just hear mm. <laughs> like, like audible, like, Oh, Oh, like audible. Like they're eating a good meal. Like, like that's good stuff. Well, no, it just like, it hit like gut punches, like, it's, like pain, it's a lot of gut punches at the end. My God. Pained yeah. gut punches. Like yeah. whenever there, whenever she, you know, I'll never let go Jack all that. I, audibly heard oh god <laughs> like like around me and it was just so powerful because like oh. i so wish it's so sad it's such a as david lynch says it's such a sadness that that like only like 10 years ago i remember seeing the dark knight and people would spontaneously applaud at different moments in a movie and like from all the stories i hear titanic was a big applause movie like a big openly weep <laughs> screaming excitement movie right i am so sad that I, I can't remember the last time that happened in game in game was the last time i saw a movie where people like applauded and that was only oh. the opening night my theater recently <laughs> this like, may oh, be different at other places this may be different yeah. at other places. i'm sure in cities where there are more movie people I know in LA because every story people say of premieres in LA, people are just cheering over every damn thing. But, <laughs> but like, I think it's, I think it's partially, I mean, Matt's story may go against, but I do think it's mainly an opening night thing now because when I saw, I saw No Way Home at like the first screening at just a, not even a draft house, just a regal here in Austin. Mm -hmm. And that audience lost its fucking really? mind. And then Hayden saw it on Sunday, yeah, and apparently a still a still pretty packed screening, and it was a very sedate audience. It was like I was so because I was like the only reason I'm seeing this opening weekend because I want to feed off this audience like reception. <laughs> I want to like this is the this is my main chance of enjoying this movie, and me and one other person went woo when Tobey Maguire showed up, <laughs> and then like. <laughs> That's it. Like that was it. Like, that was it. The rest wow. of the movie was like dead silent. And I was, just, wow. I was just like, what the hell? Yeah, it can be whole really lucky now that I had a good crowd for that. I have good crowds for most movies I see. I saw Creed 3 second weekend, middle of the afternoon. It was packed, and people were like losing their minds. It might have been a few vocal people, but like there was like cheering and when like uh some bad stuff happened, just a lot of like oh, no, like I mean audible like reactions and cheering at the end credits. I mean, it was like they're cheering like when he wins the fight. I mean, spoiler, he wins a fight, but it's like it's like uh, you know, it's it was crazy. I was like, wow, for everybody's got that Jonathan Majors fever, you know. Oh god, oh, boy. Jesus Christ, please don't <laughs> so I will I mean, I will say I did talk about at the beginning of the podcast oh. how I saw missing like two months after it had opened and, and there five, were like the five people in there people. were really into it yeah every yeah i feel like everyone in there was just eating it up so i guess That's it's cool. possible with any movie even with a yeah, smaller it's, audience it's barbarian I, I will yeah. say barbarian that was a good crowd that first night that first night was a good crowd mm -hmm. that was good i find it very random like i'll go to stuff opening night like a big movie and it gets nothing and then i'll see like creed three and week two in the afternoon and it's then it gets applause like there's no rhyme or reason to like I think some people just, if you have a few people who are into it, they can get other people to get into it in the theater. But uh -huh. it's like, I guess we I should I think cheer. that could be key. Yeah. 
that could be the the key. But Titanic, I think we clapped at the end. I feel like we'd all been through a real uh, emotional journey. I will journey. say, I saw oh, this. Oh, now, great. It's been a long time, but I saw this a lot in its original run. I've I've probably inflated the number. I don't actually know how many times I saw this in theater in its original release. Like at least four, uh, maybe five or six, but. I really don't remember applause at any of the moments. Like I do remember some weeping. I definitely remember hearing crying, but I don't really remember any like any overly enthusiastic audience applause. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Well, well, well. Should we start talking about parts of the movie? <laughs> Why not? Why? I mean, everyone's seen it. Things we've all time. No, uh, yeah. I mean, like, like people involved in it or seen. I mean, we started off Billy Zane and we kind of pulled back. Do you want to start with okay. Billy Zane? All right, like... look. In defense right, no, no, of not, Cal we're not, Hockley, we're not going to talk about Cal before we talk about Jack or Rose or Mister Ismay. Come on. Well, we got maybe Mister Ismay. <laughs> hey. No. <laughs> we got to talk about Rose first because this is this is Rose's movie. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. She has two one great introductions cuz old Rose gets a great introduction, a very quiet introduction, and then young Rose gets a great introduction. That and woman like, in the picture is me. Oh my god. <laughs> I was a little dish, wasn't I? That that really oh, cracked wasn't me up. I a dish. <laughs> wasn't I a dish? <laughs> Oh, it's like, oh, it's like, calm down. She's bro. a goddamn liar. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. case seeking money or publicity. All right. So, we should, uh, oh, I guess we got to talk about it. No, we'll save that for the cow discussion. We'll save that for the cow discussion. Okay. Kate, let's talk about Kate and Rose. <laughs> Heavenly creatures, Kate Winslet. Dude, a movie I now own on DVD and can finally see. Oh, my I mean, God. For Generation Young Boys, this was our first crush, right? She was up there, yeah. Yeah. I want Matt to tell me where he got Heavenly Creatures so I can buy it, too. A little place (laughs) called eBay, baby. I think I snuck it through, like, it was in a bundle, and I think I I got it for cheaper that way, because the person didn't know what they had, and they bundled up, like, three other movies with it. So I got that and Dead Presidents, which are both... I've seen that. And then I got... Was there two things I got? I think I got Con Air on DVD. And then I got uh, uh, Deep Rising on DVD, I think. So it's all DVDs, but Dead Presidents. How many, and... And how many of those do you own on Blu-ray already? Well, I do own Deep Rising Con Air, but I bought. I think I paid 10 bucks to get the whole bundle of four DVDs. And I needed Dead Presidents, and I needed Heavenly Creatures. So I think it was a win-win. Hmm. Right. I'm, I didn't mean, <laughs> I just wanted to know where you bought heavenly creatures i didn't mean to get us on another tangent I'm sorry, it's on guys. ebay and i got i know i got it cheaper because it was kind of hidden amongst other movies because it's like a 20 dollars dvd on its own so keep an eye out that's all i'm saying I'm anyway one day i'll watch right. it uh so Kate Winslet, but, yeah everyone's like uh, an entire generation's i should say one of, of our movies. first crushes one of our first crushes. right because mine were like kimberly from the power rangers and i was Tiffany. probably Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, I would imagine. Oh, that's a good one. She scared me a little too I'm much. Not... I think it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was like, she's a little too scary. That's why uh, I liked her. Tiffany Amber Thiessen from Saved by the Bell was one of my first crushes. Yeah. Uh, All my first crushes were just the Sailor Scouts. 
I don't remember who my first real life crush. Was. The little grin Mark had on his face, <laughs> the little smirk you had on your face while you were saying that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's is... never something I'm happy. About. She, <laughs> it is. It's funny because for some reason in my mind, and I know I knew the structure of it. I was old Rose telling the story, but I remembered it being more Leonardo DiCaprio, and it is more Rose's story, and it's more. She even yes. gets like this under classic James Cameron thing, like a badass female lead because she gets those moments where she like gets her you know is like trying to find jack and like forces oh. that guy to the elevator just like take us down like I'm I, okay look polite. yeah okay love it matt you were too scared of catwoman right <laughs> yeah it's a little first bit. first crush catwoman i loved rose because she is like bullying <laughs> bullying all these dudes slugging them in the face i ever since i saw this i was like i just remember being a little kid being like i want a big girlfriend because i love i love that i love that part where jack is in the front seat of the car he's pretending to drive around and she just reaches around picks him up and like drags him behind the seat i was like i was like like, strong rocks dude she (laughs) is because like okay this was a thing that People, uh, oh man, people in the 90s were fucking rude <laughs> because I remember that was like a big joke was like the, the size difference between Kate Winslet and and uh, and Leo. And it's not like she was like, you know, I mean, she was an incredibly attractive woman. Right. But I remember all those jokes going around in pop culture just because Leo is like a very small guy. He was like a little twinky, you know, kind of guy, right? <laughs> you know, like very, very sprightly. Sorry, better word for it. He's very, he's very sprightly, right? And so, like, do, do y'all remember this in like sketch shows and stuff? They no, always this get, like, is, I do not to play roles. Yeah, I have no memory of this. I... Oh, yeah. There was like a there was like a little mean streak, I guess, um uh, uh, surrounding that. But I mean, Kate Winslet. As much as whenever Leo shows up, you're like, holy shit, that is a movie star, right? When she gets out of that car and lifts up her head and the music swells, you're like, this yes. <laughs> this is like a movie star moment. I, What was the big, le- like, I don't know. Am, am, I, am I in over my head here whenever I say like, this feels like an old Hollywood movie in a way that a lot of blockbusters just don't? I was thinking this feels very old fashioned for a Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah, it feels old fashioned just in its like commitment to like big emotions. Yes, just like people think big, they they automatically think cheesy. But like just because they're big doesn't mean they're not real. Mark, you're speaking my love language right now. (laughs) This like this movie commits to the like larger than life love that these two feel for each other immediately upon meeting each other and right. that's not something we get often in movies anymore we barely get love stories anymore that's very true yeah we get them on netflix with ashton kutcher and reese witherspoon and that's about <laughs> it who from what i can hey. tell in that movie don't seem oh. like they want to be together in that movie Hold on. <laughs> we get love stories in someone's favorite movie of last year oh i mean you get Cyrano. I mean, from the, oh wait, who are we talking? Both are we talking my favorite or his favorite? I think we're talking his favorite. I guess each of us had a each of our movies had a love yeah. story in it, but That's like right. my, mine Literally. was the biggest love story. That's true. <laughs> it's true. Mine was from the director of this, so that made sense, though. Yeah. 
yeah that's true that's true <laughs> but um oh yeah okay so we are gonna kind of get into cal we're we're kind of gotta we kind of gotta talk about cal before we talk about jack because a very important part this. a very important <laughs> part of this movie i think the key to the whole thing is something that i always forget or i always take for granted whenever i'm thinking about this movie okay mark's gonna know what i'm talking about there is a throwaway joke in one episode of seinfeld <laughs> where george skips uh-huh. work he goes see titanic and jerry's talking to him about it it is a throwaway joke it's like 10 seconds jerry says so what'd you think and the, the joke is george's whole takeaway from seeing titanic is he says that old woman she was just a liar wasn't she and jerry says <laughs> and a bit of a tramp if you ask me that's the joke is like that's their takeaway from this three-hour historical epic right <laughs> now i had always just thought that was a funny joke but re-watching it it's the key to the whole movie it's like Whenever people say, well, because I think one of my friends, when we went to go see it uh, in the re-release, one of my friends was like, well, you know, they were saying the internet thing where they were like, well, you know, Billy Zane seems to be in another movie entirely. But it's like, okay, you have to remember the Uh entire movie is told from the perspective of Rose. And she was a teenage woman who like lost her virginity to this little tramp on like this (laughs) on this boat so it's like she is painting her fiance who she cheated on as like the most monstrous cartoon villain of all time (laughs) right wow so it's like i what was once just a seinfeld joke has colored my entire perception of this movie and i love it even more that it's just like it's just a it's just a story of an old lady kind of defending herself invalidating and invalidating her decision to cheat on her fiance i'm just taking it at face value i imagine he was just awful and then Marcus like shaking his head that he's just off maybe she's exaggerating how awful he was but i feel like uh the whole him being terrible thing and her wanting to escape is like i take it at face value i'm like yeah i get it like is that part right. of the defense that some people had of Billy Zane is like, he got cheated on. I'm like, well, that doesn't give him right to murder anybody. You know but what I mean? That's the like... thing is like, he may have like, I mean, that's, that's he... how great James Cameron is. He is so efficient that like you could hand wave away anyone's problems with this. Just, just by going, well, it's an unreliable narrator. Like the, <laughs> the whole movie is told from the perspective of like a hundred year old woman who is like, who was a teenager when this happened. So her idea, like her depiction of these events, you know, they're, uh, they may not be entirely accurate. I mean, just for her being old, they might not be accurate. And for her wanting to change some details, they might not be exactly. Exactly. It's it's interesting. I'm just, I don't know. I've always taken it at face value that he's just a mustache twirling type villain. Oh, (laughs) and that's great. Also, I, I, I love, I love that. He's just like, an awful sleazy monstrous villain but it like it makes it makes the fact that her mom and like all the people who are like trying to control her life are so evil right they're so like irredeemable because it's like it's from her memory of course of course they're gonna come across like that yeah okay i see it i see it do you want to say anything on that i don't have anything to say on that (laughs) 
I take, of course, I take it at face value. I've never put any thought into this. Aiden's always made this. I've honestly never even known what he's talking about when he says that. And now I know. You know what? More power to you. I'm glad that you have that takeaway on it. I mean, I, I, I take it at face value. I mean, it's a movie. You can I'm not, get I'm, whatever it's, it's from it. It that sounds you want. like it sounds like I'm talking shit. I'm not. I'm happy you have a unique take on it. More move, more of the most popular movies of all time need unique takes anyway. Well, I mean, just I mean, just think about it. Jack, right? The most perfect little homeless guy you've ever met in your <laughs> life. Like more like it literally an angel, right? She's building up to be like, well, of course I cheated on my awful ex my awful ex-fiance, because I met like an angel. Like you wouldn't be- you wouldn't believe it. You yeah. He had a cute little <laughs> Italian friend who was also a cartoon character <laughs> and like <laughs> and okay look the like okay sorry go ahead mark here's, like here's my take on it yeah she was a kid at the time and she would view everything around her as mon- like all these people around yes. her as monstrous but an old woman reflecting back on the story i don't think would look back on it with those same kid eyes i think she would look on it with the wise life experience of someone in her age maybe so rose i don't, I don't feel like was she not would... self-aware <laughs> maybe this is just a this remember rose, george Costanza. This would be she's rose just Calvert. a liar oh yeah you're right you're right uh no i'm just saying like it, I, i'm just saying like this is the kind of i love i love putting this kind of thought into this movie i mean it's funny it's don't get not. me wrong yeah of course <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not. it's but funny. i mean Okay, can we transition? Uh, okay, do we have- hold on? Go ahead. Okay. Can no, I, really, oh, really quick, hold on. Time out. Time out. Really quick, I want to say uh, the 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 person I feel worse for in this whole scenario is the guy that Rose, whoever she did end up marrying, who's the father of her children, and, and she's remember, like, he's he was whatever. Yeah, he was like whatever. Well, I hope that there are like multiple planes of existence in the afterlife. I was thinking and of the this same thing. Is just one. And she can jump between her life on the Titanic and her life as a movie oh, star. Please let's not let's not skip to the ending just yet because like we got oh we got to talk yeah because we're doing we such a good talk. job of structuring this conversation. I know, right. but like we're, no, I'm yeah. saying I want to devote say, a lot of talk to that ending. Let me say <laughs> one thing here because uh, uh-huh. Matt was saying like I mean maybe they're terrible. I don't know if that gives them gives him the right to kill her, and I'm like. Before she even cheated on him, she might have just been flirting with Jack, hanging out with him. But even before she actually, like, hooked up with Jack, Cal, like, yells at her and, like, kind of physically threatens, gets up in her face, like, throws that table across the room. That's her defending her decision to... Look, I am not passing any judgment. She's a queen. Yas queen. Do whatever you want, (laughs) right? You know, like... Right. Like, like oh, she can do whatever she wants. Love Rose. Love Rose. I'm just saying this is my read on the movie. I'm just, I'm glad Hayden has way more to say about this movie than I had to say about Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> it makes more sense him being on this episode than it made me being on that one. Oh, I thought you were all great on that episode. Don't, don't knock you yourself. We're all great. You brought up the best <laughs> friends gang, which is the funniest uh, thing I've ever heard in my life. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good moment. Um, we gotta so, keep talking. Okay, do we have anything else we want to say about Rose? I will say also, I don't like she throws the heart of the ocean 
into the ocean because I'm like, man, you could have done a lot of good with that thing, Rose, if you donated it or, you know, let somebody sell it. Could have fed a lot of hungry kids, Rose, but nope, you're just going to dump it into the ocean. I was <laughs> like, that's the whole point of the movie, though. She was know, a retired, she's a retired movie star. Maybe she like left all of her money to charity in her will. Whole Maybe. movie is about how it's not about money, it's about love. And also some money so you can go fly planes and do other stuff. I get I get the message, but in, in my I was thinking about it too realistically, and I was like, could done a lot of go with that necklace with that money from that necklace, but you just dumped into the ocean. She d- she just dumped the necklace in the ocean, and she just went ditched her husband in the afterlife. She is a monster. That... What makes it funnier is <laughs> it's a it's more yeah it's more funny if she's like. <laughs> like she's like i don't want any part of jack and she throws she throws right. it <laughs> fuck you i know you said we're coming back to the end but the one thing i want to say about i just <laughs> i saw a meme or something one time where it's like uh rose's husband in the afterlife waiting for it it's like a guy looking at his watch and it's like then the bottom frame is like her meeting up with jack again and the husband's like the hell is she like because the... he didn't know about jack right because she says i never mentioned him to like anybody so that's the sad i mean that's the set that's the beautiful romantic tragedy of like it's that cliche of like you'll never love anyone the way you love like the first person you fell in love with but it's right. like and people can have multiple loves but i just thought yeah. it was funny that if if we're to believe in there's one afterlife she's went to the titanic one and her husband's like in the afterlife like man when is my wife gonna show up like, well, this know. is why I'm saying we gotta wait to talk about the ending at the end okay. of the up. I'm sorry, because I will cry. Saying. I will cry if we talk about the ending. Okay, we can move on to something else. What else okay. do you guys want to talk about? I have no notes for this. So, so as stop, usual. Mark. Stop. <laughs> ah! Okay, let's right, talk what? a little bit about Jack because okay. we could talk about Leo separately because we got. I feel like we got to talk about the cultural phenomenon that was Leo. I mean, and what perhaps do we need to, what a posse do we need to say? that he created. But um, what do we need to say about Leo? Like he was, sucks. he wasn't no, a star, and he was a star overnight. <laughs> I know, and then but he but stayed away from CG for the rest of his career. Well, you got to bring up a certain thing that James Cameron told him. But well, I don't about, know. Bring that up we right got now, we got to discuss about we got to discuss <laughs> egos on the set and how much Leo kind of seems like kind of a prick. But anyway, okay. Uh, but <laughs> but okay, Jack. Right. I want y'all's opinions on Jack because to me, he's the kind of guy that I I hate because like <laughs> I wish I was cool like him, mm-hmm. but I I know I I could never ever in a million years be like as cool as him. He's got the whole like he's got the whole well I'm I'm free I'm freer than anyone because right you know, I've got <laughs> and it doesn't bother me right. Like it doesn't bother me that I'm homeless. I have no clothes, <laughs> and like <laughs> it, it I, I can go anywhere the wind takes me. I don't need money. I just need to like. Uh, he's I don't know. He's like a little <laughs> he's, scamp. What do y'all think a about scamp? Him? I uh yeah, I was like I think I mentioned earlier that I kind of used to be a little like bitter toward the movie, like kind of against the movie, like oh, I'm always stupid it's for girls, and because I was like I think I was just jealous of. Leonardo DiCaprio and Jack in the movie because I'm like that guy's too cool and handsome. I can't, I can't be that guy. He's like the I'll... kind of people that I know in my life who make like a huge life decision. Mark, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying these other kinds of people I know in my life who like they'll just like drop everything and like 
meet the, like move somewhere, meet the love of their life. And it's just, they're living a movie. And I'm like, I'm too scared to do that. And they're like, well, you should, there's nothing stopping you. And then it puts like the onus on me. Just oh like, well, yeah. Shit, why aren't I doing it? I get that vibe from Jack. Yeah. So like, I hate him, <laughs> but I admire him and respect him. I kind of feel the same way. I'm like, he's really making it on his own as a little homeless scamp jumping all over the place. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but those people were like, well, what's holding you back from doing that? I'm like, I don't know. I just don't want to leave me alone. You know, it's like, I just well, I do. To- no, that's the awful thing. Cause it's like, no, I do want to, I'm just scared for some well yeah (laughs) i'm just like just like don't want to upset the terrible apple cart i'm living in right now i don't want to i don't want to upset the misery that my current life is in because i'm comfortable in this uh terrible place i mean this dream this wonderful dream that i'm living in oh boy listen i'm just saying he this is why this this is why i know rose is lying because jet he would be smelly. He would at least be smelly. He would be smelly. He would at least be smelly. I just Mark, hate Jack because you know? he's so good looking. <laughs> I look is, like I look like Gareth from the British office. And this oh, guy's like one of the hottest people on the planet. Like, of course, Which, I'm gonna hate. Mark, um, you said what is there to say? I feel like we have to talk about like the birth of Leo because he had been in some big stuff before now. But I think Titanic was that... the thing that was like, okay, every girl in every girl who exists is like in love. And some men are in love with this guy now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I kind of wish we had a female perspective. Like I, I think Lindsay loves Titanic. We should get her on, but uh, he was very popular. And I think the weird thing too, that's kind of off on a little bit of a tangent that he really took like a break after this. I think. Didn't he not work uh, for like a few years to like the beach? Well, he had to establish no, I mean... the posse. Right. Oh, oh boy! Oh, oh boy! <laughs> yeah, there's really cool the... guys. <laughs> really, uh, he hasn't changed. Dudes. He hasn't changed much. Look, if I was as powerful <laughs> as him, maybe I'd only date people half my age too. Oh god! Exclusively. I hope he wasn't Holy. doing that back then. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh god! Listen, <laughs> we're oh, oh. Listen. all right. Why don't we <laughs> right. talk right. about uh, the it's fact getting, that it's getting wild over here? Uh, yeah. Well, no, no. <laughs> Aaron... Something, some things don't change. Leo was dating 19 year olds back then and he's still dating 19 year olds <laughs> he said he, he's confused yeah exactly he's not even <laughs> this is why they our best actors are probably not great people tell him the james a, cameron story maybe he's a great person that just has that one little flaw i don't know Listen. i'm just saying he seems like a prick because he never talks about this movie he never does any of the like I mean, I no, I com- I I mean, I completely agree. Like, if you have a movie this big that like catapults you to stardom and you know gives you the chance to work with like the greatest directors of all time, one of them you become his like his boy, his main boy. Uh, you should be a little more grateful to it. I don't care how miserable you are, you were making it. It sounds like there were lots of people miserable making this movie who have no. <laughs> problem talking about it it's not like a chimp bit his finger off or something (laughs) anyway so (laughs) i think it's funny to contrast this to him getting cast in the quick and the dead where you talked about it recently sharon stone literally paid his entire salary because she desperately wanted him to be in the movie whereas (laughs) in this james cameron wanted him to audition and read lines with kate winslet and he was just like oh i don't read lines and he's like yeah (laughs) <laughs> all right 
see ya. And he's <laughs> like, was... wait, what? <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're not going to cast me if I don't audition? Like, no, dickhead. I'm going to be working <laughs> on this movie for two plus years. You're going to move on to other things after it. I need to hire the right person to make sure you don't fucking up. That's so, a yeah, direct quote. He's, he's talking. He's talking to Leo. He's like, "I want you to fuck this up." So either, so either read lines with Kate Winslet or get the fuck out of here. And, and that's wonderful because, like, immediately establishes there's only room enough for one ego on the set. Okay, you little asshole. That's mine. And in like, okay. world, you're living in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and also another point against Leo. I don't know if there's any. Um, truth to the rumors that I had always heard that Leo and Kate Winslet hated each other on set. I don't know. That may just be one of those gossip things. I mean, they. I mean, they make a big deal out of them being like real friends, like good friends in real life. Okay, I was. And that was one of those things where it's like you won't believe it. They had such crazy chemistry, and yet they hated each other. (laughs) We hear that a lot, though. I feel like it's almost like the hating each other can build better chemistry i don't know but but them i think i've heard for a long time that they 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 stayed good friends afterwards they did that movie together like 10 years later revolutionary Revolutionary road Road. yeah Um, yeah she ended her marriage just to do another movie with leo wait what the sam mendez she was was married to sam mendez and they broke up after revolutionary road and i'm pretty sure it's because that movie has such a bleak outlook on marriage she's like why would i stay married to someone she was like why did you make this yeah, <laughs> you what think you this about me? our marriage? Yeah, and Sam Mendes is like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Sam Mendes was just like, let the sky fall. <laughs> Jesus, that's what I'm going on oh, to, baby. Yeah. So yeah, I think they. I don't know if they got maybe they didn't get along at the time, but they patched it up later. But I think they're definitely still friendly or friends. After I mean, that, I always so. I've seen like news articles about how good of friends they are. So. So that I was be- fake I, I news. Believe, I fake believe. News. <laughs> I believe that they have always been good friends. I feel like you would have to. She would. They would have to be good friends if they wanted to survive the shoot. Yeah, I mean, this seems uh, not fun. Like, it seems really like just being wet I, the whole like, time. I love yet... James Cameron. Like he <laughs> is one of. He's one of my five. I like favorite swimming directors. is what I'm saying, Matt. Don't get your mind out of the gutter. One of my five favorite directors and the movies he's made are immaculate with one exception, but he apparently didn't even direct that one. I haven't even seen Piranha 2 The Spawning. I bet it's pretty fun. It's it's boring, Hayden. Hold on. Can I guess Mark's top five directors right now? Uh, We know one of them. I've said three of them on the podcast before. That's probably the ones I'm going to get. Yeah, I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, no, no order to just uh, James Cameron, Tarantino, mm-hmm. Michael Bay. He's he's in the top ten. I don't know if he's in the top five. Okay. No, Tony Scott. He's also in the top ten. I don't know if he's mm. in the top five. Who? Okay. Tony uh, Scott. Nolan. Oh, Nolan. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Man, I'm doing worse than I thought I would. So I thought I have three. Um. Oh my God! Who else? Uh, man, did this is maybe, going bad. Did we hmm? maybe do an episode on him or them? Oh, Coen Brothers. Yeah, I don't know. Num- let's sure, let's say Spielberg? Michael Bay is number five. Oh, okay. Why not? I mean, he's 
He's probably in the top ten. <laughs> They're all in the top. I've got like fifty They're in all my top, in the top 10. ten, baby. Sure. Okay. I'll put Fair Michael enough. Bay in there. Why not? Sorry, I took Congratulations, you got him. <laughs> what was I yeah. saying before <laughs> that anyway? Oh, yes, here's what I was saying. Uh so I love him. I and I don't blame him for being maybe the cruel taskmaster that he was, considering everything that he had to deal with, like making the handling the biggest movie of all time, all these moving parts with studios and everyone betting against him. I don't necessarily blame him, but I still I I, I don't sanction directors being, you know, like fucking abusive pieces of shit. Was he? Sub- I, not abusive is the wrong word maybe i mean he's not he's not like david o russell and or i had you know actually i had this realization today when i was thinking about it he gets a lot of the publicity for being like you know a very uh kind of dictatorial director probably because he's like one of the biggest directors but there are probably mm-hmm. a lot more directors out there just as if not more dictatorial that we don't hear about because they're just not as big well, and so they, it's not as big of a news flash. I, I, I'm going to sound like an asshole, but they probably haven't earned it. Because like from every story <laughs> I've ever heard of James Cameron, when he yells at people, he's literally like, just get out of the way. Let me do it. And then he does their job better than them. <laughs> like, I don't, like every I don't single thing on the movie set, he can yeah. do better. What's the thing you sent me from the behind the scenes? Like, he keeps saying, you know what I mean? Over and over. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? He listen. I feel like he's just like I'll do it. You know what I mean? Get out of the way. And um, I mean, I've, I've heard that about him. Uh, like I heard an interview with Danny Nucci, and he said like he will literally push people out of the way to do their job. It sounds like a violation of you. I once heard a story from Adam Green where he simply wanted to help like a PA move some sandbags, and they were like, "You can't do that. That's against union regulations." Oh, yeah. Like, if you can't do that, I would imagine like doing more serious things would also be like union violations, regulation violations. Jesus Christ, I can't talk to save my life ever. (laughs) Having said all of this, I do feel like he has mellowed in his older age. Like, Sigourney Weaver said that The Way of Water was like the easiest time she's like the most mellow she's ever seen him on a set. So it seems like he has cooled down, which good for him because he he was yeah. mellow and he still made one of the best movies ever with that i i think i mean he must be that not be that awful because he's had a lot of people come back and work with him he's like a james cameron troop of actors for a while it was like uh, jeanette goldstein pops up in this well, uh, i mean Bill david o, david o russell has people who regularly work with him but he's like by all That's accounts a complete <laughs> piece of shit that is interesting, but I mean that one I've heard more about than even James Cameron. But like, yes, yeah, so when Weaver came back, like Kate Winslet came back for Avatar two. I mean, it's so. I mean, he's he's got. I mean, I think he's he is very demanding, and he is, yeah. you know, he be, I, even though he like he, his movies are very critical of like America as we are right now. I think he deep down believes in the quote unquote the idea of the American dream and like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, I think in that way, he like manages people the way he would expect to be managed if he was in their position. He likes to, I don't know, he's tough, you know, he's a tough leader, maybe a little too tough. I don't know all the specifics. I'm sure there are people out there who are like encyclopedias on Cameron well, and can I'll, tell us everything about him. Well, also think about this. He He's making big populist movie. He's making 
movies for everyone, right? He's making like the biggest movies of all time. He's not making I heart Huckabees. Like <laughs> he's not acting like a monster all in service of fucking Amsterdam, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yep. mean, that's I will Russell say sucks. <laughs> uh, he's he's a good director, I think, but he uh, is probably one of the worst. Damn. He's one of the worst people on the planet. You got to see Joy, but don't. I, I do kind of want to see any Joy. Of his movies. I do kind of. I like Joy. Three Kings. That's all I remember really. And Superman Playbook was good at the time. Yeah. Don't you ever oh. tell me <laughs> to see Joy? No, I'm joking. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that is. A joke a... for only the people who have seen the Joy trailer and remember it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to remember All the right. trailer to probably remember that joke. Um... So there's a bit <laughs> from it. behind the scenes on the abyss, which it sounds like that might have been the movie where he was at his worst. I don't know. Mm. But the crew t-shirts that they had made for that movie said, instead of the abyss, they said the abuse Jesus. <laughs> and I remember Ed Harris, uh, Michael Bay, uh, when he talked about, uh, I don't know if it was him or Ed Harris who said this, but he talked about, he asked Ed Harris what James Cameron was like, uh, because he wanted to get some pointers because that was only his second movie. And Ed Harris stared at him and he's like, why would you ever want to run a set like that? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> what is this? So What is that? Huh? What is that? <laughs> And Ed ha- apparently Michael Bay's like you know kind of very demanding too, but Ed Harris has worked with him more than once, so apparently uh, he's got it down. But anyway, <laughs> apparently uh, I keep saying apparently, uh, notoriously wonderful person, all around wonderful person, Orson Scott Card, who oh, wrote <laughs> no- who wrote the novelization for The Abyss, threatened to leave the movie because of how horribly he was treating his crew. Really? Wow. So apparently Orson Scott Card uh, cares more for the crew members of the Abyss than he cares about gay people. I want to, I want to know specifics about what James Cameron is doing because if the abuse is him just yelling and saying "Get out of my way," I'm going to do your job. That's an amazing environment. I, I, no, yes, I James, would agree. do my job for me. I'm still getting paid. Please, <laughs> James. I imagine it's a lot of yelling and it's a lot of you know, uh, just kind of. You know, I mean, it's. Not, I mean, I told Hayden last night. Actors about love people yelling at them. They're freaks. I told, <laughs> I told Hayden last night about how oh. Ed Harris almost died on the abyss. Yeah, he drowned or something. Right? Oh yeah. He uh, in the middle of an underwater scene, uh, a diver was taking him his uh, like a uh, air canister, mm-hmm. and something happened when he was trying to inhale, and he like. I don't know the specifics again. I don't know the specifics of any of these things. I always have to go back and look at them, but he like ended up inhaling water instead. Mm. And yeah, he bad. almost drowned. That is bad. But now granted, that's not Jane. That's just, that could just be a crew member being an right. idiot. That's I wasn't, I was, I was about to say, it's not like Tarantino who, uh, who killed, uh, two actresses on, <laughs> I think legally killed Diane Wait. Kruger and then, uh, tried to kill Uma Thurman. What's I don't know the Diane Kruger's oh with the, the strangling scene it's where you wanted to choke yeah she died yeah, for he... like five seconds or something I never heard that he... part of it before th- no. that, that's not a that's not a real thing Matt he's <laughs> <It's> exaggerating <laughs> I do agree no. though like he 
Tarantino wanted to be the one choking her because he's like, uh, all the, uh, like Argento, Argento when, did. Uh, <sighs> murder scenes in Argento films, uh, his hands are the ones doing the murder. Same for Hitchcock. And it's just like, and everyone's that like, doesn't okay. mean you have to like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, guy, it's your it's movie. Like, she's an actor. <laughs> Apparently she's a pretty good actor because you hired her. You can probably trust her to like, convincingly choke on screen without you having you to think. like actually choke yeah, I don't think out of I don't think I want to emulate uh Dario Argento I mean like yeah he is like great nuts. great films <laughs> I don't think I want to uh you know live my life I, I I would never ask what would Dario Argento do oh <laughs> uh, I mean he the weird thing about getting his daughter naked a lot in movies is uh the one thing I can think of it's really bizarre <laughs> but all right yeah. hey guys now we've gone off Titanic. on a lot of tangents. Oh yeah, Titanic. Right. Let's talk about. Um, Tit- we've talked about Rose. We've talked about Jack. We've talked about Cal. Can I say my two what? favorite smaller performances in the movie? That oh please, uh, can, uh, can Kathy we, Bates can and I Molly take a Brown. Guess? Amazing. Oh, I already said. Okay, I'll give you. I gave you one. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing the other one is Jonathan Hyde as Bruce Ismay, or am I confusing He's... yours with Hayden's? He's good, but no, yeah, I picked Victor Garber as Thomas Andrews this time really stood out to me. Yes. Oh, he's amazing. He's so good in this. But yeah, Kathy It's Bates. amazing because he's like, he's gotten typecast as kind of a prick because of Legally Blonde. But like, every time I see him, I still think of him as very lovable because of this movie. Well, Mark, what's the line he says? The last line to Rose. Uh, oh, Rose. I'm sorry. I couldn't have built you a stronger ship. Oh, so good. So good. I forgot how much interaction he had with Rose directly, where he's trying to tell her, like, this is really bad. And, like, I, you know, he's like apologizing to her directly, like, I really messed up and should have built you a better ship. I was like, forgot all that stuff, which was great. Uh, oh, he's yes. so good. Uh, yeah. And I like Kathy Bates. Like, I like how she's like the one likable rich person. <laughs> like, she's, she, well, because she's, she's new, she's new money. New money. New money. New money. Yeah. I forgot about that part too. It was like, oh, she's new money. And how awful Rose's mom is. Uh, Francis Fisher uh, really just plays she a plays terrible... such a good bitch. <laughs> good bitchy <laughs> rich person. Why are you being like... so selfish? <laughs> I'm being selfish. All right, now I'm, now we're doing it. Now we're quoting the movie, baby. Will the, <laughs> will the lifeboats be seated according to class? <laughs> I oh, mother. They're not too Shut uh, up. crowded. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Uh, every, uh, like, okay, so... A big knock this movie used to get is I remember people saying people in my life and and people on IMDb message boards. I remember them saying (laughs) this movie should have been an ensemble. And like, I agree. I I, I mean, I don't agree that it should be. I agree that an on this ensemble would have been great if if all the characters were given more equal time and whatnot. And it was just more of a historical epic without the invented romance or whatever. That would have been a good movie too, right? A night to remember it exists. Yes. It, oh, it yeah. exists in multiple forms. Cause aren't the, aren't the two made for TV movies also straight up on yeah, pretty much and... every Titanic movie. I think outside of this one is more of an ensemble. Uh, right. From what I remember, a night to remember isn't real. Like, it's not necessarily an on like you've it's got it kind of focuses on a lot of people, but in that way you don't really get to know anyone. It's kind of more of like a fly on the wall view of the Titanic as mm-hmm. a, like it kind of went through its final days. Now this is from what I remember because I haven't seen that movie in over fifteen years, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean basically it sounds like they're describing a night to remember. So like that movie 
exists in yes. multiple forms. And it's it is a little sad that most of the deleted scenes are little character moments with like uh with the smaller characters or you know the historical figures and whatnot. Um although like for the most part you can kind of see why they cut the the deleted scenes because they don't they don't add too much but a lot of them are really nice moments however there is one that i want to point out because you brought up molly brown have y'all seen all the deleted scenes i don't remember them it's been a while i've never owned this movie on anything besides the two the double vhs i've never physically owned titanic oh man i've owned like every release they put out (laughs) there's one that is like i mean it's very funny but it would have been a nightmare. It would have been so eye roll worthy if it was left in the movie. <laughs> oh, so God. it's after they hit, it's after they hit the iceberg. There's a deleted scene of Molly Brown in the bar and she's got her back to the portholes and she says, how about some ice? And she's like shaking her glass. And then you see the iceberg pass by in the background. Oh, and I no. watched it oh, with oh, and without. No. <laughs> what? I said, oh, no. Yeah. And I watched it with or without commentary by James Cameron last night. And he was like, he was like, it was pretty funny, but uh, tonally, it was completely wrong. <laughs> so, like, complete, yeah. like the guy knows the guy is not afraid of killing his darlings because like he loved a lot of the deleted scenes. He was like, look, we just had to get rid of some some of this shit. Maybe uh, three hours, 15 minutes long. We had to dump some stuff. The guy is so he is so like efficient like we were saying um you know what i love about james cameron though in terms of bonus features he is very open about the process of making his movies and like what went into them and what he had to take out like you think of movies by tarantino and nolan in particular there are I very limited deleted scenes on each. Like I think there's a handful on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Inglorious Bastards, but they're not very extensive because uh I feel like he cuts basically I think he cuts a lot more material than he lets on. Mm-hmm. And I know for damn sure Nolan does not like plan out his movies that much to a T. There has to be stuff that gets cut out of his movies. But there are never any deleted scenes on uh, Nolan movies. Right. And James Cameron, on the other hand, a guy with more power than even Nolan, who's probably the other most powerful director in Hollywood, is, like, very open. And, like, yeah, I cut, like, there are 30 deleted scenes on that Blu-ray. And he tells you (laughs) exactly why he cut every single one. Well, Cameron is a populist, like, at heart. He wants to give the people what they want. And like, like Peter Jackson, he's like, I'm going to give it all to you. Like, I, I want you to see it. You know, if, if you're interested, here it is. And he'll like put it on the Blu-ray <laughs> for you. I like that. Hell yeah. I, I do appreciate t- that. I will say, Matt, I mean, at this point, you might as well wait for the 4K, which again, according to John Landau, will be out by the end of the year. And they should have all the bonus features on that that they have on this. But like, this thing is stacked. Like it's got an amazing amount of bonus features. Mm-hmm. As I would expect for a movie that was this big, it'd be sad if it was like a bare bones like Blu-ray release. Like, well, uh, I mean, you th- think back to Avengers Endgame. Uh, that movie's got a kind of shitty stack of bonus features. <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's true. That might be Marvel being still secret. About Marvel their generally process. doesn't put a lot of yeah no. bonus features out, but like you think with that one, like. The be all end all, they put a little more onto it. 
I don't want to do any more work than I have to. <laughs> Mark, I want you to name two smaller performances, single amount. All right. Well, I'm not, I'll not name the one that I know you're going to want to focus oh, on. So <laughs> I will say Bernard Hill as Captain yes. Smith. Oh, yeah. In fact, I remember on the commentary or one of the behind the scenes that I watched a while ago, this is a tidbit that's always stuck with me. He was kind of, Cameron was kind of frustrated with him because he was underplaying so much of it. And he's like, I want you to go bigger here. I want you to go bigger. And then when he watched the movie, he was like, okay, yeah, he had the right idea. (laughs) What he did was so much better. I love it whenever he is, because more than anyone else on the ship, he's like, okay, we're going to die. Like, mm-hmm. and, and like they have that scene at the end of tape one <laughs> where, where all the, where all the guys who need to know are like, oh shit. Oh shit. And then for like 20 minutes while the, while the first class does not realize that they, the full extent of what's happening, you see these guys walking around and it's that realization of we're going to die. And I have to like deal with that. And like, he carries it so well. I love that scene where the guy asks him about like, uh, he's like, how are we going to load the women and children? And he goes, you could, you could tell he's not really listening. He just goes women and children first. Yes. And then he just like walks away and you're like, Oh shit. The captain has checked out. <laughs> like the, the yeah. cap- he is he, so good in this. Yeah. He does sell it by his, playing it down so much most of the time then but it, like you look in his face and there's like it's quiet panic sometimes like the so eyes get much, big he does <laughs> so much with his eyes and yeah mm-hmm. just his guilt in those moments and how he's unable to deal with it he eventually just goes into the uh the room with the oh. what do you call the the what do you call the steering wheel on the ship again we talked uh, about this in the dracula one i can't remember. I, w- I want to say the mast, but it's not the mast. That, okay, that's, I, geez, I should have looked this up. Well, he goes and he just kind of locks himself in there, and that's where he remains until he, uh, all the windows break, it gets flooded, and he dies. But just, oh, God. I think, and he walks in there when they're playing um, Nearer, uh, my, God Nearer my God to Thee, right? Yeah. It's, that montage it's such is a so great good. mood. Oh, all right. And God. what? Yeah. One more smaller performance I'll focus on is uh, I'll, I'll I'll single her out, Jeanette Goldstein, who I didn't know Jeanette Goldstein when I saw this as a kid, and only later did I find out that she is just like the regular in all this guy's movies. Not even just this guy; he she was in freaking uh, Near Dark. I know Captain Bigelow fact, crossover too. I think yeah, she's... she was actually no, actually I think if I'm correct. Near Dark was made before Aliens, and he cast her probably because of that. Were they being made like at the same time? Because Aliens comes out eighty six, okay. and Near Dark's eighty seven. Near Dark's eighty seven. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> there was something right I think where he recommended her to be on Near Dark. I mean, the, Near Dark has a bunch of cast members from Aliens in it. It's got yeah, Lance got Henriksen, Bill Paxton. Yeah. So it's like oh. they just took that cast and made Near Dark. But um, yeah, she's like this one would of be the... some. This would be something I would know if I did my research better. <laughs> it's fine. But I love anyway, how she just credit as Irish mommy in this. That's her credit. Irish mommy. Irish mommy is her credit. Mommy. <laughs> I want an Irish but, mommy. 
she's incredible <laughs> like in the few scenes like honestly one of the saddest moments in the movie Ooh. is when she is tucking her children in so Aww. they can uh, die god yeah. That part so again, that another one of the brutal. great yeah. moments in the nearer my god to the montage, dude. And the montage, oh god, Ida and Isadora <laughs> in the bed. Oh no, fucking no. the oh no. god, this the shot of <laughs> dude, the shot of Guggenheim looking. I, I've been obsessed with this, like, I, I put it in my last review on Letterboxd, talk about it like anytime this movie comes up. The shot of it's after he's like, we're dressed in our best and prepared to go down as gentlemen, but we would (laughs) like a brandy, you know, just like this fucking rich guy completely on another planet. Just be like, (laughs) ah, yes, we shall watch the ship go down and it shall be a a night to remember and people will talk about it for years and years to come. And he's just sitting there and then like towards the end of the near my God to the montage, you just see the water just surging into the ballroom people drowning people like screaming and clawing over each other to like for like it for for air like trying to get to their feet but they keep slipping and everything and the water's just like coming closer and closer to him and he his eyes are just so wide and he's just like completely horrified finally realizing like what the fuck is about to happen that shot is just Mm. T- like at the risk of sounding like the most cringy person on the face of the planet. When I rewatched this a few years ago, it was during the first summer of COVID. Mm-hmm. And while, while COVID is not like a ship sinking <laughs> for a few months, it kind of felt like we all might die. <laughs> like it, it kind of, it kind of felt like, we all might get COVID and die in like in like a year. I mean, to me at least, right? I was kind of yeah. freaking out during that time, right? And watching Titanic during that first summer of COVID, it just hit at like everything that was going on at the time. Like that, you know, every debt, like I was, I was more online like everyone else was during that time because we were all at home and had nothing else to do seeing people talk about like fucking gwyneth paltrow flying to like her private island you know people shitting on rich people the whole time how airheaded they are and whatnot like the scene of rose talking to uh victor garber on the deck before everything is like has gone to shit and he's like oh uh i wanted more lifeboats but uh we didn't think it looked nice so uh we only went with like half or whatever and yeah you know seeing all those tweets and news stories about america's infrastructure not being set up for like a disaster like this i was just like holy shit this is just about everything that's going on right now so i i know i do sound like a, a cringy twitter person (laughs) right now but like i cannot fully express Uh this movie just was so perfect for that time and that shot of guggenheim like when it hits him just like oh shit this is what this really means Mm -hmm. i don't know it just like it really gives me chills i i get it (laughs) it is an amazing moment i this time like i said i can't remember before after we start recording but like 
the it all hit me in a very different way and it might be just getting older and more emotional and mature i don't know but or it might be a post-covid thing about i think that's absolutely it i mean (laughs) i i absolutely find myself hit more by movies at this age than i did when i was younger Mm-hmm. yeah like i did it all the stuff now that montage the old couple in the bed and the, her tucking her kids in and it be, it's like oh my god there's something to me that's not just watching people die but watching people like that know that don't know yes. they're going to die but you know they're going to die is horrifying to me it's like this real impending doom that hangs over there's so many little uh signs that it's coming I and mean, we all know it's coming because it's titanic but like where they talk about stuff like, ah, we the the deck would have been crowded. We don't need all these boats, you know. Every it's like, little, it's like Home Alone. They set up every little thing that could go wrong, and it like goes wrong, and, and it like, goes yes, and it goes wrong. I'm just like, man, I know that I've heard. There's all these things like you've heard the reasons for, but like you're like, man, why didn't they fucking uh, take off during the summer? Why didn't they? Why didn't they have more boats? Why? Why was it built? You know, they kept saying it's unsinkable, but clearly that was not the case. Did you ever think mm-hmm. about this might have been like an insurance scam by the company that built the Titanic? I remember oh. hearing about, yes, I remember hearing about that. Like, I've heard that, Sorry. I've just heard that there are a number of conspiracy theories surrounding the Titanic. There was another conspiracy theory. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, it's I don't have anything to say. Uh, there was another <laughs> conspiracy theory that I wish I had written down because it's my favorite. It's uh it was sunk because of a mummy's curse. Wow. <laughs> I cannot remember there's, this. There's a movie. There's yes. a movie for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, two people on the ship had <sighs> dug up the legendary mummy Karis. All right. And at this moment, I must speak on two of my own minor performances that I want to talk about. Okay. There are so many that I want to talk about. It's hard to narrow it down. I know for sure. Just start it. We already know one of them you're going to talk about. Well, like, okay, we can all agree that David Warner's awesome, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. How did I not think of him? I love a heavy. I love a heavy, right? And and he's like, Lovejoy is a great heavy. He's like, a great name, first of all. Um, Yeah. So I kind of cheated. Spicer Lovejoy. I didn't know his first name. (laughs) Spicer. Spicer. I always forget that name. I, I never knew his first name. That is, yeah. Great. By the way, that reminds me. I watched that deleted scene this morning. Uh, the kind of shootout fight between him and Jack in the dining room. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'd probably seen it before, but I'd forgotten about it. And it's actually, it, I mean, it is a really good scene. Like it is a very nice. well directed set piece that in any other movie would be very welcome but it you're right it absolutely distracts from the main action that's going on and feels like we walk into just another movie right because like you already have cal chasing him with the gun and people you can already tell like people watching this movie are like really you're gonna like the ship's sinking you're doing this (laughs) but but then it goes further where it's like another guy takes a gun he's like all right the ship's sinking we're all about to die i gotta get this diamond or whatever but okay, so I kind of cheated because I didn't. I wanted to talk about two different ones, two different guys. The first one, I'll get him out of the way. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Anytime we cover a movie with a minute, my favorite movie archetype is the Jonathan Hyde. I love Jonathan Hyde in Anaconda, in The Mummy, in this. I mean, those are the ones I think of whenever I think of the Jonathan Hyde. Have you seen him in Richie Rich? Oh, I have. It's been forever. Baby. As Herbert Cadbury. Cadbury? Yep. 
it's been bear. forever but i by, love by the way hayden uh-huh. yeah. he's on the commentary <gasps> oh shit i know what i'm doing this week okay <laughs> i love cowardly villainous or, oh, or yeah, semi-villainous yeah. jonathan hyde he is so good he's like one of my favorite kinds of villains he's like you know he's the owner of the white starline company right and he's uh he's just like obsessed with uh just the, like you know the he's just such a dumb rich guy like i yeah. like I, I, I love him and then like i don't know why i love cowardly villains like guys that you, you love to hate you know and <laughs> He's just it it just gives you like an extra reason to side with the heroes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's just he's got a great look in this movie. And like it's funny because like he plays Bruce Ismay and he looks a lot like Bruce Ismay, but he looks even more. He's like the spitting image of and I gotta talk about this guy. It's not a performance that really stands out, but it's a like I gotta talk about it because if I I knew if I ever talked about Titanic, I would have to bring this up. As a kid, whenever I was like into the Titanic and like into these people that that really died on there and whatnot, and I was researching them and whatnot. You you can't research anything about the Titanic and not learn about the richest guy on the ship, right? Who was the richest guy on that ship that was known for having all these fucking rich people on it? And it was J.J. Astor, John Jacob Astor, and he at first of all, huh? Yeah, nothing. It was an easy. <laughs> of the famous new york uh and rhode island astros right and so like uh back then when i was a little kid i was like that guy fucking rocks because any any book about titanic had pictures of him i was like i want to be the richest guy on a ship that sounds cool (laughs) and then like you read about him he can't like they came from like fur money and so in my little kid brain i was like oh he was like a hunter who became rich not at all what that meant at all but (laughs) but he had a great like he had a amazing mustache he looked like he walked off the set of tombstone and one of my things man young hayden always wanted to grow up to be able to grow a tombstone mustache i so like it yeah (laughs) when we took matt i've told you about this when we took the big trip up to Maine, and we went to Bush Gardens in Virginia. Oh, yeah. All this kind of stuff. <laughs> One of the stops we made because I was because little Hayden was so obsessed with Titanic is we went to go see all these rich people's houses in uh in a uh Newport, Rhode Island, and one of them was the Astor Mansion, and it's huge. It's all these like Great Gatsby houses, right? Like in this bay all along the mm-hmm. all along the water. It's some of the like most prettiest houses you'll ever see in your life. And of course, like as cynical as I am now, I'm like, I'm like, wow, all these rich people. But at the time, as a little kid, I was just like, ah, oh, yes, this is the dream. I would love to be. Yeah. Before it, before it ever occurred to me that, of course, I would never. Would You're never. like, I'll be new money one day. I'll be. <laughs> yes, yes. Ah, yes. And they'll hate me and they'll shun me. They'll hate me for being they, new money. They not hate old new money. <laughs> but all this to say, so. John Jacob Astor in this movie is portrayed by Eric Braden, who okay. I knew because my situ, who was my my grandma, who was like the most like my the woman, the person I loved in my life more than anyone else. She was obsessed with the young and the restless. Oh, yes. This guy and, is like, yeah. yes, he, <laughs> Eric Braden played Victor Newman 
who was like the guy on Young and the Restless who would get shot every episode and would come back. <laughs> come back. <laughs> would come back. And he was like the, I think he was like the patriarch of the family on the show, or whatever. Anyway, years and years later, it turns out he's the father of the guy who directed Den of Thieves. And he has like oh, yeah. a cameo in Den of Thieves <laughs> and stuff. But uh-huh. I knew him best as Titanic because I was like, or in from Titanic as Titanic as to, yeah he played <laughs> he Titanic. played the ship it's an unknown not known but he had like I this god this is so uninteresting to anyone else but like I just remember watching this and I was like John Jacob Astor is in this movie like it'd be a surprise but oh he's played by the guy from Young and the Restless that my grandma <laughs> loves and he's in it for such a short time has like Which two lines brief. Yeah. As one de- has like two deleted scenes or whatever, but I counted every second that he was on screen. I was just like, this guy rocks. This guy's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I got a shout out Eric Braden as John Jacob Astor. Did, now, here's a question. That's did the beautiful. real John Jacob Astor live? Or he no, died? no, no, no. Oh. So he, so that's another thing is I want to talk about, rich people and like <laughs> what it would be like today because it's yeah. fucking insane that guys there were these insanely rich and very famous people of the time that were on a boat that sank in the middle of the ocean and a lot of them died that's insane like think about that happening today and like i don't know maybe at the time i'm sure there were a lot of people who were like uh, who's who cares? They all suck. They're all rich. I'll never be right. rich. You know, <laughs> I just feel like everyone be making memes about it today. If like oh, I'm sure. Elon Musk yeah, and that's... Jeff Bezos died on a boat in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> no one would give it. No one would give. They'd be like throwing parties and shit. But like oh yeah. But um, but yeah, John Jacob Astor died, and he died the way up according to the way they found his body, and they did forensics and whatnot. Um. It seems that he died the way Fabrizio dies in the movie where like the smokestack fell on him because his oh. body was like crushed and he was like covered in soot and stuff. So they think that the, that big old thing. Oh, wow. Which, Damn. I think oh, I'd choose that. that. If I had a choice, I'd rather get crushed than freeze to death. I think. Well, the freezing to death seems terrible. So yeah, in that, it's in that yeah. scenario, probably get crushed me to death. But like the, you're. The, yeah. The freezing to death, man, I had, I get blacked out a lot of the memories of them going through all the frozen dead bodies at the end and the woman holding the oh baby. Oh, my God. Horrifying. So, like was, oh, this actually seems baby. Yeah. bad. This yeah. seems like a good time to bring this up. I'll go through it quickly because my memory of it isn't as great as I want it to be. And it was very recently, but they, um, they had a Titanic museum exhibit and it uh, came through San Mar... Or, which... Maybe it was uh, Georgetown yes. or one of the suburbs of Austin, north of Austin. We went to that. Oh, dude, that was that was incredible. Did you I, put your hand on the ice? Uh, I think so. Well, I was trying to think, was it, did they have ice or did they have a little room that you could go in and just feel how cold it was or something like that? I'm I think it was the same thing, but that I specifically remember they had a, the one I went to, I don't know if it was the same one. They had a wall of ice and you could put your hand on it. And they were like, this is how cold that the water was. Uh, the night I think, of the Titanic. you know what? Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. I just, I remember them being, telling you that you could experience how cold it was. And it was like, Jesus Christ. It was so cold. Yeah. It, 
I, wasn't it? Yeah, because they they uh, sailed in April, right? So wasn't it like unseasonably cold for <gasps> April? April. I oh, oh wait, hang on, look at what. Oh hey, oh oh. <laughs> I may have timed this perfectly. I may have timed this. I think too. it's April. Was it April twelfth? April fifteenth. April fourteenth. April fourteenth. Oh man, I should hang on this episode until. <laughs> until or I guess weeks. it was. I guess it would have been the fifteenth and like the early hours of the morning. The wee, oh, wee late man. night, late night of the fourteenth or early of the fifteenth. It says on April fifteenth, the the Titanic sunk in the it sunk on the fifteenth. So I think it hit the iceberg on the fourteenth and sunk on the fifteenth. This was middle of the night. So, man, actually, this comes out. This will come out April tenth. So pretty close. It'll be pretty close, and it'll be the we we just missed the hundred and tenth anniversary last year. So it's the hundred and eleventh uh, anniversary. Mm. So close though. Well, one one one. Oh yeah. RIP <laughs> RIP to a bunch of legends on Wait, is this going to be the 111th episode of the show? It's <gasps> weird now. Hang on. Wait. I, I know it? it's close. It's going to be really hang on. I'm looking up on cuz I don't remember what episode number we're on. I'm going to feel so deflated. Oh my god, it is. Whoa! What? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. We're, we're we're on the special episodes. We're on episode 100 and then we're on episode 111 which is Ow. the 111th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. That's, that is fucking freaky. That is so Dude. weird. Where's Jim Carrey? I feel like I'm in the number 23. <laughs> it's all connected, baby. <laughs> um and right before the anniversary, the 111th, the 111th episode. That's wow. Okay. I don't know where to go from there. I feel like it's well, here, I got something. Okay. Okay, before they hit the ice. Right. That boat ride seems awesome. It seems great before the... It the... seems great. Because upstairs, upstairs, they're living the dream, man. Everything's classy as hell. You're you're sipping brandy and smoking cigars with your best buds, right? You go downstairs, <laughs> you party, party with the Irish. The Irish and the Italians. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's it's where I would have been with the Irish over. downstairs. Right. So. Listen, I listened <laughs> to that track an Irish party in third class two <laughs> times this morning on my way to get my breakfast. And I was pumping my fist and humming along the whole time, both times. That is an incredible sequence. Both and it amps a great sequence. Yeah. Up. It's a Very great sequence. Energy. It's like, it's like, man, it's doing so much work. Cause you're like, I don't know. There's there. It really is what separates the great romances from the from the mediocre ones whenever they really earn it. But like that scene alone, if there was nothing else, that scene alone, you're like, I buy these, I buy these two really falling for each other. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, that is the that's the scene that does, I think, most of the work of like, oh, they're falling for each other. Like why why he would fall for her, especially. She's awesome mm-hmm. in that scene. She's like, it's the beer spill on her, and she's like, eh, whatever. And then just like, you want to see something cool? Does her little ballet move of like while smoking a cigarette? <laughs> Mark, you gotta, you gotta. Oh, what? You want me to tell him how yeah. I actually attempted to do that uh, when I oh, was a God. kid? And I still like, I still occasionally attempt to do it. <laughs> and I'm, all, I've only gotten worse <laughs> as I've gotten older and heavier. Did you, did you pull uh, it off ever? Never. Never. Wow. And yet I still keep trying because that is the American dream. You <laughs> never give up. I do it whenever I'm like, I got my little feet hanging off the side of the bed because I just want to know what it would feel like. I put my little tippy toes on the ground. I cheat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right. Go try There's a shot in this goes. movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's a shot in this movie that like, okay. 
Uh, Rose is introduced. You go, oh, Birth of a Star, Kate Winslet. Leo's introduced, Birth of a Star, Leo DiCaprio. That shot where she's getting lowered in the lifeboat. Oh. And the flare goes <laughs> off. Behind, yep. The flare goes off behind Leo, and it lights up her face. You go, these two better get married in real life. <laughs> like, it's it, so like, good. It, this is one of those movies where it's like... I, I feel the same way when I watch Lord of the Rings, where I'm like, this, all of movies, all of filmmaking, hundreds of years, like hundreds, hundred years of filmmaking <laughs> has led to like this movie. Like, it's so, it just, Matt, it's got to be five. It's got to be five. <laughs> you got to go back and change it. I you mean, gotta. I, listen, I got no qualms giving it a five. I just do, the four and a half was like, I don't want to watch this again anytime soon, but... Uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's a uh, five-star movie, just not maybe for me. I don't know. Okay, I'm I'm about to I'm about to convince you. I'm about to convince you. Okay. Also, somebody help me remember because I feel like I completely blanked out. How did Billy Zane end up off of the lifeboat he got in with that girl? That girl he stole. Did his lifeboat get stuck and he had to get off? I can't remember. No, they're on the lifeboat and it flips. Oh, that's right. Okay. I completely today. I was like, wait, how's he back on the boat? Like I don't know what I don't know what happened if I stepped out of the room for like a second. He, but fl- it was... he flips it to get all the people out and he starts beating them and he goes, "You'll swamp us, you'll swamp us." I don't know what happens to the little girl. Poor little girl. I mean, at first I thought, well, he's inadvertently saving her life by saving his own life. Yeah, <laughs> or he's trying to, but he's not doing it. Yeah, for her benefit. But yeah, what a fucking shitty thing. Also, sorry. Speaking of Jonathan Hyde, piece of shit. I. I love that shot where he gets into the boat and then it looks at the guy behind him oh, who's been kind of leading Murdoch. the charge like, Murdoch and he's like looks at him like you piece of shit like he just is like <laughs> you're a real piece that's of another shit. great performance where he does he doesn't do anything and yet he does everything uh both Jonathan Hyde and the guy playing Murdoch there's a yeah. great deleted scene where um Ismay starts panicking and like it's it's whenever things uh Whenever he realizes that the boat's going down, he sees the front of the ship and like the water's pouring over. And he runs over, and they're just now trying to get the lifeboats into the water. And Ismay's like, "You got to do it! You got to do it now!" He's freaking out. He's panicking. He's trying to like he's like he's like jig- not doing anything. He's just jiggling the ropes. He's like, "You got to th- get these boats in the water, whatnot." And um, I think it is Ian gruff how do you say his name ian i don't i never know how to say his name i am ian gruffle <laughs> oh Gruffid. ian uh i yoan grufford yoan i've always Gruffid. said yoan is anyone alive out there can anyone hear me that guy uh, yeah. <laughs> that guy he's he's like he's standing there and he's like he's like what the hell are you doing get back and like uh jonathan hyde's like do you know who i am he goes you're a passenger and you get you need to get the fuck back you know i'm <laughs> trying to do my job and he doesn't realize that he's like the CEO of the company he works right. for. And then Ismay's <laughs> like, "Ah, oh, shit, yeah, you're right." And he walks away. <laughs> it's like a little moment of humanity, a yeah. tiny little moment. Of- oh wow! I can see that scene oh. now. I gotta, I gotta go see all deleted scenes at some point. Deleted so. scenes are for the most part very good. The ending oh. is tragically bad. Honestly, I mean, even oh. though you're waiting for the 4K, you could probably find a cheap copy of the Blu-ray out there. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure all the deleted scenes are on YouTube. You know what they probably oh, yeah. are actually. Okay, I, we, we got to talk about the drawing scene, but before we get to that, <laughs> I think we uh-huh. already did. No, no, no. We got to talk about more. <laughs> that is a big thing. That is a big deal. And we live in a landscape where there's no nudity or sex in movies, Mark. Right. Yeah. 
and we have we have young impressionable children on Twitter calling for the Hayes Code to come back. We have two kids on Twitter <laughs> calling yeah, for the Hayes Code to come back. Mark, this cannot stand. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This guy. If I didn't share anything from Twitter in our group chat, I wonder if you no, would know I heard that about that because all the people Twitter. in our group were talking about it. I remember. I, oh, I, I, that's I a good point. point. <laughs> but that I, was, I'm just saying. I'm just that saying. was wild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do love how they. It's almost. It's a pretty uh, great cut back from the painting, the drawing sequence to the present time, and they're yes. all just kind of like stunned. And like she's their like, jaws are on the floor. Jaws just on like the floor. I think she even says a line like. It was the it most was erotic the most... moment of my life. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was the most erotic moment. And of my poor life. Susie Amos has listened to her grandma talk about this. I'm like, I would not want to hear my grandma that's going into detail about the most erotic moment of <laughs> uh, her life. <laughs> but, okay, look, it's not, look, I, I know we sound like a bunch of pig boys talking about a naked woman in a scene or whatever. Uh, but, but, like, it is not just the presence of nudity. Like, I'm not kidding. This has to be one of the sexiest moments of a movie. Like the dynamics that are at play, the cinematography is like wonderful. The like setup, everything that's happening story-wise in the moment, it's just perfect. Like it's so good. And I'm not talking about it like, oh yeah, sexy. I'm talking about like as a human emotion. Like yeah. it is very, I mean, it it again efficient efficiency it's like it is <laughs> it is it is it's it's it, it is like the, when the little lady's like it was the most erotic moment of my life i'm kind of like maybe me too <laughs> like i have had act okay well, i mean like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know tell tales out of school or whatnot but like <laughs> like you know Stuff's happened in my life. Well, hey, lucky guy. Uh, good luck, Chuck, over here. But like, but not not at all. But Jeez. all I'm saying is like, even given stuff that has happened in real life, watching this scene in Titanic may be the most erotic thing that's ever happened in my life. It is that good, is what I'm saying. I. It's like, damn. I get it. I. It's very. <laughs> there's because they haven't. I'm they trying haven't, to think of one better, and I'm struggling. I, I can't know because they haven't hooked up at that point in the movie. It's like it's all. It's like foreplay. It's like a long, you know. Whole yes, thing. exactly. And, and I, now here's a question about her being unreliable narrator. To go, does she not? She never tells them they actually have. I mean, I know we see in the movie they had sex, but in my yeah. somehow I thought I imagined she didn't tell them that because that one guy questions her and was like, "Did you?" And she's like, "Did we do it?" And it's like that she, yeah, she he does. says that after the drawing scene. Right. They haven't yes. gotten to the car part yet. For some reason, I just thought she skipped over them. <laughs> Maybe she did uh, tell them all that audience that they. It just seems really weird to tell, especially your granddaughter. Well, like you know, and then we my... bang in the back of a car. Like you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's stuff in that story that she's that is probably not actually being told to them because she's telling them her experience. We have lots of moments on that ship where we're not even around her. We got yeah, I was cut away. Yeah. There's stuff we she couldn't be telling because she's with, not in the scene. Why would yeah. she be telling them about like Bruce Ismay having lunch with uh, Captain Smith? Why would she be right. telling them about? Uh, <laughs> Like the his may and them gathering in the uh, room when the ship's about to sink. Like, I don't appreciate y'all trying to poke holes in my theory. No, no. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was interesting, but yeah, it's I, it's. Listen, do you it's think that they theme. were? Do you think they were as hooked as we were on the ep the uh, epic tragedy of Irish mommy as she was <laughs> telling that to them? 
Irish mummy. Oh, <laughs> Irish mummy. <laughs> Sounds like Mrs. Doubtfire a little bit, I feel. There, there goes that dream. <laughs> oh, dear. Deary. Just hot flashes. Uh, oh, <laughs> just have to... oh, dear. Oh, dear. I can't, can't quite do oh, it. Was a drive by fruiting. <laughs> God damn it. God. Okay, I'm about to I'm about to win Matt over to a five star because all, <laughs> yeah. I brought up the drawing room scene. I was gonna say the biggest impression this movie made on me as a child, even more than the first nudity I'd ever seen, and little did I know, possibly the the most erotic scene of moment of your ever life, filmed, right? Uh, little did I, yeah, little did I know it'd peak right there, but no, no, no but no, um. Even more impression, like uh, a bigger impression than that. Even we all know what it is. I wish we could say it in unison. I don't think we can. I don't know what we you're can. Talking about. Propeller guy. Oh, okay. Yes, Dude, I did think fucking about this today. propeller guy. Fucking, I feel so bad for propeller guy. Jesus, it was Christ. the first <laughs> meme of my entire life because oh, wow. because anytime I talked about Titanic to anybody, we'd go propeller guy and they immediately knew what i was talking about i do i did think today we watched like god this guy gets it so bad and i feel so <laughs> terrible for it. like <laughs> it's like it is just such a great moment it's such a great moment it's so brutal surprised we don't just see his body sliced in half from the <laughs> like god it uh yeah that one hit different today when i was like i almost forgot I was like oh no the 19, propeller guy look 1997 was a year of propeller guys because <laughs> half later like earlier in that year oh you know where i was going baby i'm sorry Bo Svensson, <laughs> the captain of the seaborn legend the ship where uh annie whatever her last name is from speed goes on a trip with her boyfriend jason patrick not keanu reeves Mm-hmm. Captain Bo Svensson is pushed overboard by Willem Dafoe and gets sucked into the propeller. Oh, mm. I got to see this movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. And then it's not like exactly a propeller. Yeah. It's not exactly <laughs> propeller, but um, Carver from Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, my it's God. It's by drill. That, that one is amazing. <laughs> but I okay. It. I mean, look, it, it is. I bring it up because it's such a small moment in a, in a, in a last hour and a half that is all action. But it is funny how, like, it's kind of like a that moment is like Spider Man. You could go anywhere in the world and say Titanic propeller guy, and everyone would know what you're talking about. They'd say, yeah, "Yeah, the propeller guy from Titanic." I remember. I remember when that happened, and. I wanted to cheer and also go, ooh, that's got to hurt, like, at the same time. <laughs> yeah. There was shock and horror for me seeing it again. It was like, oh, oh, no. I think when you watch it the first time, it's just pure shock. Because that's, like, that is pretty close to when Fabrizio gets crushed by the smokestack. Mm. Like, that it's is just a, that is a brutal series of events. Yes. I just... At my entire life, I was I was an I was a kid I was a child obsessed with death. I was very morbid, oh, and every movie that I watched, I would be looking for another propeller guy, like an innocuous, nameless, possibly even faceless character of no consequence that just like dies in such a horrific way that it calls attention to itself. I remember specifically in Avatar One, 
there's a moment where like they're on the big ship and they're about to shove out the crates with all the bombs on them. And then uh, Jake, Jake Sully, uh, <laughs> M- Jake, uh, he throws, he throws a thing into the thing. Oh, another propeller. He throws oh, a yeah. grenade in the pe- <laughs> propeller or rocket or something. And it, it like makes the jet kind of like jerk oh, and, yeah, yeah. Jerk, and yeah. jerk, you know, and go sideways. And then the crates start sliding back. And there's a guy at the corner of the frame. And he goes, Woo! and then the and then the crates smash. And I went, that is new propeller guy. <laughs> Cameron does it. Yes, keep giving us propeller <laughs> Killing guys. small, small <laughs> characters out of the movie. So I guess the lady in Jurassic World be too big a part for you. The assistant. Yeah, like... it, it has to be just a random. It has okay. to just be like a random. Because like there, she there might was... as well, she might as well be random. She doesn't do anything. But she, to... I mean, she literally has a name. Her name's Zara. How could you forget? Oh wow, she has dialogue. <laughs> It's got to well, be like you want a, a non-dialogue background. Yeah, person, it's got to yeah. be almost like a background thing. You know, okay. it's like it's. I don't know how to describe the effect it has. On Ooh, me, what about it's... screen screenwriter David Kep in the Lost World Jurassic Park? That's almost one. I, I don't know it, the. You know what? It's weird because my 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 rules on this are so stupid. But it's like the fact that he's the focus of the shot almost takes mm. away from me. Like to me, another one is in King Kong 05. There's a part where during the brontosaurus chase, there's like a guy, there's like a little digital double in like very tiny on the screen. And the brontosaurus is like come out to the shelf. You know, remember that part? There's like that huge shelf on the side of the cliff. It's overlooking yeah. this jungle. And there's this like ship, this like crewman just like staying on the side. And the brontosaurus accidentally hits him and he goes, Yow! he falls off. <laughs> I don't think he does the Wilhelm. He may do the Wilhelm, but I was like, that's kind mind, of another. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I There were two things I knew I had to talk about. John Jacob Astor and Propeller Guy. Well, you do you guys even want to get into the decades-long debate about if there was room on that door for Jack? Or we can be buried? <laughs> well, I think they I solved should... that in the movie. I mean, they kind of... I should have looked it up. Apparently, James Cameron actually commissioned a study to prove if this was true or not. That sounds like a James Cameron. That sounds like he would do that. Wasn't there a Mythbusters episode, too, about this? Oh, I'm sure. I never watched Mythbusters. Here's my outlook. I just always assumed that if he climbed on that door, it would sink. Well, I because people I, just think that people are simply just thinking of the room. They're not thinking of the weight it right. takes to push that thing under. Now it does look like a hefty door, so maybe it would <laughs> still float even mm-hmm. if he climbed on. But well, I think a lot of people forget. I mean, a lot of people are. A lot of people say, "Well, he should have tried again," but a lot of people forget that he tried it at at all. But like she climbs on, he tries to get on, and it like capsizes a little bit. So he goes, "Okay, it's just you." Like he does try once. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then people they'll think about they should take turns. I'm like, I don't know if that's helpful for anybody because then so they both stupid. die. Of, <laughs> Could you imagine a Titanic where they take turns? <laughs> no, no, I know it doesn't work. For the movie, ima- I know. It's just, it just, I had. And if it's they like, were taking turns, I would imagine other people climbing and like, hey, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, it's get my away turn. from our uh, door. Uh, There's a lot of little things yeah. like that. No one ever says like, why didn't they keep the axe? They could have. They probably could have chopped their way through that lock on that gate, you know, if they kept the axe. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. But like, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, come on. 
Okay. That was <laughs> real quick. I just wanted to bring that <laughs> but up. Because... I'm glad you brought it up because you can't, it's like, it, it's Titanic. You can't not bring up the door. Uh, right. It's one of those things I've heard talked about the movie for years and years since it came out. And people were like, like people were like, oh, she could have shared that door. Like that was happening like in 97, 98. People were like, oh, there was room on that door. It's like, well, was there, <laughs> you know? Well, fortunately, um, I was too, I was too young to pick up on that. It was, it was definitely, a t- I remember people talking about it because uh, it was, the movie was picked to death the bones were picked clean there was a lot of parodies uh mm. every parody you could imagine was, was made fun oh, of yeah. some, um it, it really permeated like all of pop culture for a while it was i mean the biggest thing um yeah so... you know that's another thing that we 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 didn't really talk about when we were talking about a movie being a cultural phenomenon nowadays like titanic but like that's another sign of a movie being a cultural phenomenon, like lines that you can quote and lines that are later spoofed. Right. Like, I mean, I, the, the spoof as an idea doesn't exist this much anymore outside of like sketch comedy shows. But like, what is the last movie where you feel like it had a lot, at least one line of dialogue that permeated pop culture and that you felt like if, if something were to spoof it, like i would think maybe and this is just a big maybe avengers endgame with the i am iron man but even Uh, star wars itself spoofed that i am all the sith all right i'm all (laughs) yeah all right uh i don't know it's yeah it doesn't seem like it happens as much i know there's been stuff but i can't uh like think back to yeah titanic like countless movies spoofing it the Matrix, like the every Matrix, movie spoofing yeah. that. Sixth Sense like, was a big one. Like a movie didn't yeah. even have to be as big of a phenomenon as Titanic to right. get lampooned to death. Um, Nowadays, there are like you could spoof one movie, and I feel like not even everyone would get the references being made. That's I guess a... the one. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you, you. I was like, I guess the one I could kind of think of, but it, this is a situation where it did not reach a Titanic level. And I feel like it didn't really get going. People were trying to juice up the the line from Top Gun Maverick with like, talk to me, goose. They were trying to get that to be a thing like for just you do it like, oh, me driving to work in the morning. Talk to me, goose. They're trying to make that like a meme. It didn't really catch on. I feel yeah, like. Was, yeah. Because was... <laughs> I was going to say I was going to bring up Top Gun Maverick again. I was like, does that disqualify it from being a Titanic? Because it's not really spoofable because it's a sequel. And it's not spoofing the original, but it has like all the all the stuff from it is kind of stuff that you saw in the in the first one, you know? Yeah. And it, it's a sequel to a movie that had already been spoofed to death yeah. in the late eighties, early nineties. What would you spoof in Maverick? Uh what's new? I mean, I guess you <laughs> could spoof him going mock uh whatever he goes. Ten or eleven or mock ten, I think. Yeah. Uh, 10.3 <laughs> I'm kind of sad the spoof movie is dead but I mean those guys killed it what's their names Friedberg and Friedberg and Seltzer those fucking hey, guys epic yeah. <laughs> movie is really bad actually <laughs> the superhero movie is also really bad like oh God. The, I, the Spartans you guys, you guys are idiots I stopped at date movie I learned my lesson oh, I, didn't watch, 40... I didn't watch any of these I just know How about the 41 year old virgin who knocked up Sarah Marshall and felt very bad about it or super super bad, about super it. bad of it. God, what <laughs> felt a... very bad I've about seen it. that you're DVD just or... all right at so many gas stations <laughs> like you guys, are ta- you, can... right, you guys are just talking a little too much paranormal activity yeah. <laughs> no what was the one that was oh. like it was like that title but it was for like 
par- it was like the paranormal, but it whatever. Fuck it, never mind. <laughs> we, we, it, there was we something. Don't, um, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole anymore. That's okay. Let's get I was gonna say I probably only I have to probably go in like 15, 20 ish minutes. So okay. I right. uh, us, well, but <laughs> let me t- let me talk about something quickly. Because okay. I feel like I haven't said it all episode, but I've said it enough times on Film Feast. This is probably my favorite movie. I mean, I have like 20 favorite movies, like between this and Jurassic Park and Inception and The Shining and all these movies that I like on any random day feel like are my favorite. But I feel like this one has been the king out of all of them between me seeing it more times than any other movie in theaters, me watching it as many times as I have. And I'm just thinking that like how much of a relationship I have with this movie now and I think back to when I first saw it, and I'm just a little kid going to see a movie to see a ship sink. And when, but let me tell you, and we were talking about this last night, Hayden, right after they get out of the, the after they've had sex, they get out of the uh, cargo hold and they're kissing on deck and Murdoch and the uh, watchmen are just watching them. And then they look off in the distance and you get Mm. that zoom in on the one watchman, the Horner music's queuing up and you just see that dark silhouette of the iceberg. Oh my God. It is a perfect moment. It is eerie, terrifying out in the middle of open ocean. I was telling Hayden this, I've been on a couple of cruise ships in my life and they're actually like maybe my two favorite vacations I've ever gone on. But I am simultaneously excited and terrified being out in open ocean. And seeing something like that in the middle of open ocean where no one else can help you, at least no one nearby in the case Mm. of the Titanic, it is terrifying. And so I, oh God, every time I would go back to the movie, I would get more and more invested in the stuff that's going on before and after it. But I would always, in the back of my mind, just be waiting for that shot of the iceberg and those sinister musical notes to pop up. And that whole scene, just, oh, God, it's so good. It is. Really you want to talk about scary, Cameron yeah. having, <laughs> you want to talk about Cameron having a style? Again, I, I like I said, I don't really think he does, but the closest I would ever think to him having a style is like, handheld cameras chasing crew members through hallways or around like really industrial settings because i think back to the abyss and there are a handful of scenes in that movie where there are like quick handheld shots just like running after people as they're trying to get down corridors Mm -hmm. and he does it's just again what he does he's just like the best at Okay. I don't know if any of that made sense, but no, it does. <laughs> it does make sense. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And like all this, the horror moment when it turns into a horror movie, when like the lights go out in the inside the ship and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Very. Oh scary. my god! Right or, like, before, really like right before it breaks in half. Yeah. Oh god. I feel like if we only have yeah. ten minutes left, God, we gotta talk about the ending because oh, yeah. it. It's one of those things where like. If I think too much about, uh, there's a few scenes in movies where, like, if I think about them, <laughs> if I allow myself to really think about them for like a few seconds, I will tear up. One's like it's Wonderful Life, where his little brother's like, "Here's my brother George, the richest man in town." That will make me cry. 
dude when you see the pictures on her next to her bedside and you see that she lived like a full satisfying life you know it just man it just gets to me so hard i'm tearing up right now think about it like it may it makes me so emotional and it especially knowing that like rose would be like canceled now because she like shot an elephant and whatnot but like <laughs> <laughs> she's like the ceo of uh jimmy john's yeah uh <laughs> she's like oh that dentist God. you know shot an like elephant. big game people, hunter yeah no. <laughs> people on twitter would cancel her but like but I, like you know jo- jokes aside one of the perfect movie endings like when you go from yeah i know yeah. matt you hate her dropping the, the diamond into the ocean but you go from the diamond <laughs> no, i understand I, oh, I will say I, that was kind of a joke because i understand it works yeah. perfectly in the story but in the realistic part of it i was like you could have done something good with that money anyway goes, it is i remember my dad always making fun of her because she goes ah! whenever she drops it my dad he would always go ah! like <laughs> but funny, you go yeah. from that to seeing all those pictures Mm-hmm. and the music starts the music comes in god you see this little old lady fall asleep and like you don't know if it's a dream but you get the idea that she's dying you go to titanic and it morphs from you know the the shell of it on the bottom of the ocean into like the living breathing titanic as it were whatever you go through the little door and everyone's there except for cal i think i don't know i haven't looked for cal in the crowd, <laughs> he's like... not there i've tried looking for him <laughs> they, they wouldn't let him back in they're like you say <laughs> man i was telling mark this last night i was like i love in a part of big epic movies that i love is whenever they show you everyone who you've seen for the last few hours like i love in lord of the rings when they show you all the illustrations of you know the the people all the cast members and whatnot um what was the other one i brought up last night i can't remember um it doesn't matter i've i've forgotten <laughs> it doesn't matter but like just uh i don't oh, know lonesome I, dove. oh lonesome dove they do the yeah they show you flashes of everybody who's been in the 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 story and man i i don't know i just want to ask y'all like what do y'all think are some perfect movie endings? Because I I think this one is just no wonder it like left people in like tears and wanting to cheer at the end of it. Because I cannot think of a better way to end this movie than the way they do. Oh man, that's a really hard question. Perfect movie endings. Uh, <laughs> y'all throw out some. Uh, very. It might seem very random. Toy Story three. That is well, a good. Like, that... He's like. <laughs> Get along, little doggy, or whatever. No, I don't. <laughs> no, what? No, what is? What is? What so long, say partner. Is that what he says? Away? I forget what he says. That, I think he I, says I, like "so long, partner" as Andy's driving oh, away. Oh, he does, doesn't he? It's very sad. Uh, <laughs> man, that's uh, a. Hmm, it's a tough one. Let's see, Jurassic Park. I mean, that's not like a. That's not like a particularly, like. I don't know if it's like it has it's a powerful ending in the way the ones we're thinking of, but in terms of just like a perfect way to wrap up a movie, like right, just right. kind of summing up everything that we've just seen, like it's and the music that's playing, like maybe some maybe the best movie music of all time. I'd say that's a perfect ending. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I would put, I just, I'm trying to think of some, uh, the matrix, how that ends. I'd be so excited to like, Oh, that's <laughs> like the best. That's like Ooh. one of my favorite. I listed that as one of the best needle drops ever, baby. It's, it is one of the best needle drops ever. That's fantastic. Uh, and it sets up for like, you're like, what, where's going to go next? It can fucking fly now. And then, you know, uh, <laughs> the fly now? Happened. he flies now. He I flies will say, now. And this is a really obvious, I almost very, very basic saying this one, but I, I just saw Casablanca for the first time, like maybe five years ago. And I was like, this movie's really as good as they say it is. And it does have a perfect <laughs> movie, like a perfect ending. Like it's a it's a great Ooh. ending. Um, now are we talking per that is a good one. Are we talking perfect as in happy, or can anything be perfect? Because anything man, can be perfect. Because I would put I'd put it's wonderful life up there because that's a happy ending. Oh, uh, well, I'm thinking like Citizen Kane, which I even though I had had it spoiled long before I saw it, like the shot of that sleigh and then as it goes into the fire and just gets burned up, like that is that is an impactful ending. Never seen it. Well, <laughs> watch it, maybe. Shawshank Redemption has a great ending. Oh, oh on the that is <laughs> hell yeah. In a very different direction, Carrie has that great i think i think the ending of the mist is perfect oh yes jesus (laughs) i mean mean, for for what that movie is for what it's doing yeah uh, for what that movie is i'm just Um, looking at my shelf right now the handmaiden that is a perfect ending and not just not just because i'm a pig like it's actually (laughs) a very emotionally satisfying ending oh so okay mark i want to ask you this is the handmaiden more erotic than the drawing scene in titanic (laughs) Uh, it, uh, it might be. <laughs> Judging by all the weird nerd boners that occurred uh, in my Fantastic Fest screening oh my of that movie, uh, I think I a was, lot of people would I, agree with you. I was at that screening. I don't like being accused of things, Hayden. <laughs> oh, E.T. Great movie ending. Oh, that's <laughs> another one. Like it's wonderful life when when E.T. says, "I'll be right here." That. <laughs> Oh my Shit god. It makes me tear up. <laughs> oh, it makes me man. tear up. Oh god, it's so good. Also, when I was looking up pre- best movie endings or perfect movie endings, Titanic does keep popping up, so people agree with you that It's perfect. It is it is great. It is really oh, great. Halloween Ooh. kills theatrical. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I boy. agree, man. Um, <laughs> you know, we keep coming back to this movie time and time again, Avengers Endgame. What is the very ending of it? The very ending is oh. finally having his dance with <gasps> Peggy. Oh, yeah. That is that is a great ending. Um, yeah, yeah. Me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we could go. I mean, we could go. We on could. And on yeah, this is a really movies. open-ended question. There's a lot. Oh, of Lord of the ones. Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh, Titanic is is yeah. really. I'm returning. <laughs> it is. It is great though. Uh, so good. I... I was gonna say I was watching this again. This movie really feels like I understand why it was a huge hit because it really appealed to like everybody. Like it truly feels like yes. it could appeal to everyone. Um, super well made. I mean, James Cameron. He's ever made a movie where I thought that it wasn't technically well made, and Titanic is exceptionally well made. <laughs> like it is so good. You um, know, a movie is made for everybody when the only people who don't like it dislike it because it's made for everybody. Like that's their only <laughs> criticism true. is that. Oh, yeah. everyone likes it. Must not be great. And it's like, <laughs> okay, cool. What? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, 
yeah we I, I we wore this double vhs back we took it on road trips we had like a little tv in the car oh. it was great for road trips it's like three hours long so it takes up a yes. huge chunk of your time so yeah. um we, I uh, actually we remember it. yeah that's one of a handful of movies in my life that I have like pre-ordered like even nowadays when you like pre-order limited edition blu-rays from arrow man or synapse man I really don't do that much pre-ordering especially mm. back in the day but let me tell you when I found out that you could go to blockbuster and you could pre-order a VHS copy of Titanic you better believe I made my parents do that. And you better believe <laughs> I made my I was, parents. <laughs> you better believe I was infuriated when I finally got it and they were like, now you gotta get through this week at school. We gotta make sure your grades get better, oh. Mark. And I'm like, oh mom, why do you always have to do this to me? Because apparently that's something that had been done to me before. I don't remember. <laughs> Look so intense <gasps> when you say that. Mom, oh! <laughs> it's all. It was always the pre-orders. I, pre- I, I remember now. I pre-ordered uh, Sorcerer's Stone before that came to DVD, and we got it. And they're like, "Now, Mark, you gotta wait till you finish up with school before you watch this." Wow. Like, this is why? cool. What? Always with the pre-orders. Why don't you just buy me a movie surprisingly and then hold it back for me? It's so or sad. not? Don't even tell me that you buy me something and then just surprise me with it. That sounds cruel to do that to you. That sounds. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hope you eventually got to, you know, hope you didn't have to like wait too long to watch them. <laughs> that's like whenever got to watch them. That's oh, like stuff. whenever we'd go to like McDonald's and it we'd get chicken nuggets. And when me and my brother would be fighting in the back seat, my mom would say, if you boys don't stop, I'm taking away a chicken nugget. And I would stop. And then my brother would keep like arguing and she'd say, that's one. You go, what? That's another. <laughs> No, mom, you gotta be kidding me. That's another. Did you guys Stop. get your own, did you guys get your own meals? Did you have to like split a meal of chicken nuggets? Because if you had to split it, you could start like taking away your nuggets too. No, it was it was split evenly. Okay. And my okay. brother would get so furious. He'd be like, "Stop!" And she'd be like, "That's another." Another <laughs> chicken nugget down. Um, how do we know where we were going with all this? But uh. I anybody like last final thoughts on Titanic or why you love it or why you think it's great? Like a quick summation of all this. I don't know. I get I, I so I should reveal something. I always take notes for these podcasts. I made the bold decision not to take notes for this one. I feel about that decision. I'm not great. I'm not gonna lie. I had to like keep digging through my head of what I wanted to talk about. It'd be nice to have a little list in front of me, but I felt like if I could do it about any movie, it would be this one. Hmm. So it was the great experiment. I feel like we were successful, but it's not something I'm going to replicate anytime soon. Good thing you did it on your favorite movie of all time. Okay. um, No, I'm joking. (laughs) I think you did a good job, Mark. Yeah, I think you you both did a good job. I I think uh, there's a lot to cover with Titanic. I think we covered as much as we could in this time. The, The last thing I'll say on Titanic... It's everything a movie could be. It's got all the elements. It, like I said earlier, it's like Lord of the Rings. Everything in filmmaking history led to a movie like Titanic. And it's like monumental achievement. Mm. It's perfect movie. Matt, you need to bump it up to a five. Now I got a question for you, Matt. After uh-huh. covering a movie like Titanic, yes. do you feel like you're checking something off the list and you're like, okay, got that one. Got that one done. 
kind i mean kind of i don't know i have this huge master list of movies that i just like add ideas to and titanic i think was on the list i can't remember i think i just knew it was mark's favorite movie of all time and mm -hmm. i knew the whole re-release thing was happening uh although i missed that date by two months but hey now we're on the the anniversary of titanic sticking so it works out that we hit a different date um oh, yeah. but no i feel like this is a big one i do feel like uh, we covered a big movie now so you know it's nice i guess <laughs> like because it, it feels like it's a talk about death but i feel like we said a bunch of you know i hope original things about it or or you know our own personal thoughts i guess but yeah it does feel like we took a big like a big one off the the list here like a big movie's done now so so good i kind of want to watch it again listen it's Me great too, it's, it probably the years have been very kind to it that it maybe even plays better than it did in 97 honestly like today like Still plays great. A, tr a true pioneer knows to make things look as good as they possibly can for as long as they possibly can. And while there are certain dated elements regarding the effects in Titanic, overall, it still looks pretty immaculate. Black Panther 2 is going to look great in 20 years. I, I don't uh, yeah, I mean, most of this I, holds I, how, up and looks really... You? <laughs> oh boy, okay. I would say Titanic looks really... I was surprised. Like Most of it holds up very well. The, the look of it like there's a couple like things where you're like oh that's cgi and of course everyone's pointed out i think the scene where jack and rose are running from the water and they do the digital faces uh, which so does weird it looks weird i'm sure he never he probably didn't think you know they're gonna see this in 4k and really get the good look at it i don't but... know why they did why were they not there did they need stunt i think they had to use the, the stunt doubles and they just put the the fake digital faces on the stunt doubles because they're running through like water exploding behind them, yeah. right? So it's a little dicey. Man, the the face replacement looks so bad. <laughs> it's, yeah, the effect, keep, it's the worst effect. It's the worst effect of the movie. We need to keep our eyes peeled on Skyfall to see how that face replacement dates. Wait, what was the one in Skyfall? At the beginning, there he, uh, the stuntman riding the motorcycle at the beginning of Skyfall has Daniel Craig's face digitally put oh. on him. Never and I never that. noticed. I actually, I never did either until I heard a podcaster point it out. The and digital... it doesn't, it huh? doesn't look that bad from what I remember. But maybe now that as it's getting older, it might start to look worse. Well, how do we think the digital kiss from you people with Jonah Hill is going to age? I've already forgotten. So, well, I forgot that movie bro, came out. It's been like a month. I don't even. I think I, uh, bring that I think that funny. movie's just gonna be very. I think that movie's in general gonna be forgotten. So maybe it'll age pretty well. Yeah. Wait, it's why just, did they do a digital kiss in that movie? Were they not? Because Jonah Hill no. doesn't want to like touch people. He's weird. Is that really a thing? That's what I heard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, also, I, I'm trying to wrap this up, but one moment I really like a little character moment. Jack and Rose when he's handcuffed downstairs and she gets the axe and he's like. She's about to hit him. About to hit. She goes, "Hey, take a practice swing," and then she swings at that cabinet. And then he's like, "Okay, to hit that same spot, Rose," and completely <laughs> misses that spot. And then it's like, "Okay, it's fine. Come on, go, go." And he's like, "We're out of time." Um, um, th thank little... you, thank you, Matt, for bringing that up because I just really didn't want us to end on you people. <laughs> that a movie everyone's forgotten about, unlike Titanic, a movie everyone uh, still remembers. I'm sure you know if they haven't seen it yet, they know about it. Um, Okay, well, I, Titanic's great. I will say, oh. gentlemen, it's been an honor podcasting oh, 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 with you. I, I got, a, I got one more question. <laughs> yes, you people. No, I'm joking. Uh, would it? <laughs> would we like this movie as much if instead of uh, Titanic, it was the Demeter, 
and it was called or it was about Draken Rose. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like you would like it more. I think you would definitely like it more, I would think. Maybe. I don't know, man. I, it's a five star uh-huh. movie, but maybe we should. Maybe someone maybe should. Bump do, maybe someone should make that movie, dude. Yeah. If, Dra- if it were the, how much? How much wood would Dracula bust out of <laughs> from the Titanic? <laughs> dude, there, there oh. is a lot of wood he could be busting out of on the Titanic. <laughs> they, they're adding a lady to the last voyage of the Demeter, so there might be a Dracula Rose situation. I thought, the, I thought it was already filmed. Are they doing well? Reshoots? I mean, there's a lady in the movie. Oh, I don't gotcha. know, I don't know okay. how or why, but I know. thought you meant like the movie was already filmed, but they're going back to do reshoots and add a new <laughs> cast. A member. lady, uh, <laughs> we have to do reshoots to add a lady. <laughs> I'm oh. flying, Drek. I'm flying, and he's 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 got her. He's like got his little bat wings out. He's like holding her out of the. God, I want to see this now. Um, yes, I just I tried to have my funny little Titanic reference, and I feel like we still did. It's like, yeah, the whole it's been an honor podcasting with you. It's oh, I'm honor. so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I didn't know if anyone even caught that. I said it so quickly, but yeah, I was gonna say, gentlemen, it's been an honor podcasting with you. I caught uh, it, Matt, and I appreciate. Thank, it. thank you. I called it the podcaster dreams, and it was it really the Drac and Rose bit was was worth it. I want you to write that story. <laughs> Please make that your next short story. Hey, that's uh, Patreon content. Okay, yeah. <laughs> whenever the Patreon comes around, good. Yes. Um, okay, do you Look. guys want to plug anything? Mark, do you want to plug anything? Uh, I don't really have anything. Check out my letterbox, Mark Warner. Just follow me on Twitter at uh, the shape. Uh, the, I, what's what's my Twitter handle? <laughs> the shape fourteen. The shape fourteen. Capital T H E underscore capital S H A P E one four. Yeah, I'm, occasionally I'm on there. Occasionally I'm on Letterbox too. I uh, haven't. Oh, I mean, I've. Uh, I was recently on a Schlock and Awe. That should be dropping uh, by the time that this is out already. Oh. That should have dropped. Oh my God, I can't. I can't speak to save my life. But someone okay. take over for me, please. Okay, L- that's good. Listen Everyone to the Schlock and Awe. Though. Yes, people should be following Schlock and Awe anyway, and then they'll find they'll hear episode. Uh, uh, Hayden, what do you want to plug? Anything? Uh, you can follow my letterbox that Hayden comes alive. Um, I'm going to be on an episode of cobwebs in the near future. Uh, and that's it for me. I'm going to be an episode of cobwebs in the near future too. I'm recording it Ooh. tomorrow night. Oh, good uh, for you guys. <laughs> you guys are special. Oh no, we shouldn't have told Mark that we're on. <laughs> he'll, he'll get back to you. Don't worry. Uh, you're going to be, <laughs> You're gonna be on Schlock and Awe. That's that's good too. So there I'm you go. Pretty excited about this episode. I will I'm not, not gonna be on, well, I was on Schlock and Awe recently. It was I won't be on Schlock and Awe anytime soon, but it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> um boy. Uh I'm not even gonna say our stuff. Who cares? Uh it's, <laughs> it's, I will say just follow the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. Um and if you like the show, if this is your first episode of Film Feast, uh God bless you, because you really walked into like some just you know this is like our uh, this is probably gonna be a lot of people's first episode because you're probably gonna have people out there just looking for a podcast uh, on t- titanic yeah. they'll be like that. you know what's the 111th anniversary of titanic i want to see what this film piece <laughs> these film piece oh, guys have oh, to I, no i should say everything yeah follow the i'm so tired <laughs> follow the podcast on twitter at Phil feast pod follow me on twitter at maple 87 
follow me and the podcast on Instagram, Film Feast. Please, if you like the podcast, just throw us five stars on whatever app you're listening to. Yeah, not four and a half. This is a perfect podcast. (laughs) Thank you. And it's re-listenable as hell. So you got to give it five. Yeah, not four and a half. I'll bump up the rating. Don't you worry. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to correct that mistake. Uh, And uh, yeah, thank you guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody.